Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bat Around. And what a morning it is! The Orioles are your AL East defending champions. The hundred win Baltimore Orioles are the AL's number one seed, earning the first round bye. And boy, do they need it to get that pitching staff rested and up and running. Before we get into that, I want to let you know the Bat Around is brought to you by the Green Turtle Canton Crossing, which is celebrating a grand opening tomorrow. Raven Super Bowl champion Kadri Ismail will be there from 1 to 2 p.m. showing off his ring and taking pictures with fans. Plus, great specials and watch the games all day long at the all-new Green Turtle at Canton Crossing. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. That was the least concerned I have ever been with a loss, I think, in my entire life. I didn't even, I, there was no reason to watch. Well, I was at, the, I was at the restaurant. Uh, we have a big event up at Independent Brewing Company. 50% um, of the proceeds go towards, um, oh my gosh, I can't remember the charity, but it goes towards charity. It's a good We're, ha we're having a, a, a cornhole tournament, uh, first home mortgage. We're having a cornhole tournament up at Independent Brewing Company nice. today. Um, if you can't make it to Guilford Brewery, and if you can't make it to Guilford Brewery, where is Guilford means, Brewery? Um, I have no idea. Guilford Brewery is one of our sponsors, and I it, well, I guess I should know then. And I don't it know. is boy, you are putting me on the spot, man. I'm mm, sorry. Or maybe it's not one of our sponsors anymore. Ma it, it used to be. At some it point used to it was. be. Some point they were. Oh, it's it's Station North. That's actually where the next Times Bowser show. Oh, okay. is gonna there you be. go. Station North. If you if you um make it up to to Guilford Brewery on Tuesday, October third for the Tyus Bowser Show at in Station North. Tonight, this afternoon, from 1 o'clock, I believe, to 4 p.m., I will be up at Independent Brewing Company throwing some bags at some boards, trying to get them in some holes. The Main Street one, right? We're talking about yeah. Bel Air now. Okay. I okay. believe there's going to be 10 to 12 boards. There's a lot of teams. Wow. You can come up and register. It's 20 bucks. Your first drink's on us. Um, come up and say hello and have some fun. Have some beers. There you go. And <laughs> have, some, have, some, have beers. some beers, toss some bags. From Wisconsin. Right? Have, some, have some beers, toss some bags. All right. But um, what was the point of that? That the Orioles did some great things. Oh, yeah. So I, I worked at the restaurant last night yeah. so that I wouldn't have to work tonight so that I could be at the independent brewing company um, sure. event that we're, that's sponsored by my mortgage company. The, my mortgage company. The mortgage company that the I one he owns, yeah. Dave, Dave Waters <laughs> um, um, Mortgage Company, First Home Mortgage. Um, today. That's where I will be. But more importantly, the Orioles are the AL East division champions. Man, it was awesome. It was awesome, right? So I went to the game on Wednesday with my best friend, Adam. It was the first game he went to all year. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because, well, his, um, his second daughter was born on St. Patrick's Day. Mm -hmm. And so he's been uh, baby daddy for the last six months. So with a 10-year-old daughter and a you know now six-month-old daughter, he has had very little time for anything but work and family stuff. Sure. So we made the point to go to the game on Wednesday, and the Orioles won. Uh, they won a ball game, but see, um, Tampa Bay also won, so the Orioles didn't clinch that night. The next night, I knew they were winning. The, I, I knew... Beyond the shadow of a doubt, even though they only won two nothing on Thursday night, I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that the Orioles were going to win that ball game. The it, it was too hyped. It was too hyped for them not to. Right? 
Um, they're, they're celebrating Brooks Robinson. You know, the, the it's a packed house. They announced the 30-year lease agreement, or as now we know it, a memorandum of understanding. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, they announced the 30, new 30-year lease with Camden Yards. Too many things. Everything's coming up Millhouse. Everything's coming up Orioles. It, it, it was too much for them yeah. not to win that ball game. Yeah. Um, so the Orioles clinch. I felt like the celebration was awesome, but it was toned down compared to the one where they got into the postseason. I wasn't that impressed by it, actually. Yeah. I, um, it, the, the guys were kind of like, all right, we just did this. We've been here. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We, this, we, we, were, we already knew we were in the postseason, and yeah, we had to play our butts off to win this division, but it, you almost got the feeling that it was a formality for well, them. And that's honestly kind of the way I felt. Usually I love division championships when mm-hmm. they're surprising. Where it's like yeah. where the Ravens for example a few years ago when they kind of trailed a little bit all season and then they you know they came, they came out with a division championship. That stuff is fun. Where it's yeah. like the you know you're for example you're playing the Bengals or something for a division championship in game 17 of the year. That's awesome. Yeah. And this one it's been since really mid August where I've felt that this is the probability yeah. This is the most well, likely thing that's going to happen. So, oh my gosh! So, I, everybody that knows me knows me as the baseball guy, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that about me. My mom on uh, National Suns Day posted uh, because Brooks Robinson, I believe, he passed on National Suns Day, um, and we're going to talk about Brooks here in a minute. Also, we are not going to bury the lead here. Um, well, it's hard. There's a there's a few leads here. It's been a big week in Baltimore yeah, well, Orioles course, baseball. Yeah. Um, she posted on, on Facebook, happy national sun stayed to the other Mr. Baseball, my son. She didn't even mention my name. She referred to me as Mr. Baseball, <laughs> Mr. Baseball. Um, so that's how people know me as I'm the baseball guy. I'm the Orioles. Well, check guy. out your outfit right now. People yeah. can tell. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're wearing a nose. I like <laughs> no, that. I, have I do. To. I, I do to. like that hoodie. I, I mean, I have to wear it this week. I'm going to that event. Also got a rep, you know, it's they're yeah. they're the best team in the American league. They're one of the top two or three if teams in all any baseball. time to wear Orioles gear. It's right now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm getting text messages from everybody. One of my one of my good friends who I haven't heard from in a really long time, he texted me and he was like, "Oh man, how great!" Because he, he and I bond over baseball. He's like, "How great is this? It's the best feeling ever. How pumped are you right now?" And everybody asked me, "Are you crying?" I shed some tears. I shed some tears. Are you crying? I didn't. I got choked up when they clinched the postseason. Again, winning the division to me, it was. I'm not going to say it was a formality, but it was. The expectations became, like you said, sometime in August, the expectation became win this division or bust, right? Yeah, that, well, that's the way I felt. And, I, you know, when they clinched the, the playoff berth, I said, okay, this is great. I don't really need the division. It's fine. You know, this is what rebuilds are supposed to do is get you back into the playoffs, and that's what they did. But then again, I also thought after I said that, I was like, well, you have a team that's probably going to win 100-plus games. How can you not win the division if you win 100-plus games? Right, you... you, you and the fact that you've been in first place since the middle of July, you've been either in first place or tied for a share of first place since the right. middle of July, right. to not finish it out would be a disappointment. Yeah. And, and that's not to say that you're looking at the season as a disappointment if they don't win the division. But it's let's be realistic here. To lead the division for two and a half months and not close it out is a disappointment. Yeah, it would have been. And the Rays got really close for about a second. They were tied at one point. It, it, the, the thing with the Rays, man, is the injuries. You, it, it, it killed them. It, 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 at the end of the day, 
and they're still playing good baseball. They oh, got they, they got they got bum rushed last night by Toronto. Yeah. But Tampa Bay has literally nothing to they're play for. They're mailing it in right now. The, the, yeah. Tampa Bay, the Orioles, and the Twins have nothing to play for. It's yeah. weird because the Twins have the worst record in the American League of any playoff team, and they have nothing to play for. Right. Um, meanwhile, out west, it, oh my gosh, I broke down what it's going to take for these teams to make the playoffs. We're going to talk about that after the payoff pitch around the league to, around the league today. Um, but. It's it's a madhouse out in the West, but the Orioles, Rays, and Twins are locked into their postseason um, spots. Yeah. There's nothing to play for except pride, right? Uh, and the Orioles, the Orioles, if they win their last two games and the Dodgers lose, uh, and the Dodgers lose both of them, the Orioles will have the second best record in baseball. And yeah. therefore, if the Braves don't make the World Series, the Orioles have home field advantage. I guess it's based on record, not seating, because it it is, I believe. Oh, yes. oh you're, you're right. The, um, the Dodgers. Um, the Dodgers are going to uh, won their division, so it, right. it either way. Um, Decidedly, by the way, the, the yeah. Dodgers were a team that everyone kind of had question marks around because okay, they don't have Cody Bellinger anymore. Uh, you know, Walker Bueller wasn't going to pitch much this year. Clayton Kershaw's on the end of his career. Like there were huge question marks about this team. They had no third baseman and no shortstop. I mean, and they just went off and got well, arguably dude. better. They signed J.D. Martinez for $11 million. After last night, he has 33 home runs and 103 yeah, he, ribeye stakes. One of the best designated uh, hitters it, in the National it, League. It's a, that, I wanted him so bad for Oh, this I did team. too. I uh, did too. $11 million, Yeah. Ele- and he's going to re- He may re-sign with the Dodgers. That season he put up, that's his best season in three or four years. It is. We were pounding on the table for J.D. Martinez mm-hmm. all offseason. And, and, you know, $11 million, And look... The Orioles could have offered him thirteen million, and he still would have signed sure, with the Dodgers. Sure, you know, especially with that wall in in, ball, in left field, and nobody he, expected this. Right. I mean, nobody expected hundred games. Yeah, a hundred games, hundred wins. Oh, oh, is what oh, I mean. oh, yeah, yeah. 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 No, oh, I, I thought you were talking about sorry, yeah, hundred yeah. RBI season. To clarify, no, nobody, nobody expected a hundred win season. You might have thought, hey, the Orioles are going to be a wild card team this year; they're going to be good. But then, clearly, in June, we could see that things were much better than we had initially thought. I predicted eighty nine wins for this team if everything went right. And I undersold them by at least 11 wins. Would that have gotten them a wild card? Right now, the AL West leader is the Texas Rangers by a game over Houston. Okay. And they have 89 wins. Oh, wow. Okay. So it comes um, down to the wire, probably. They have 89 wins. Toronto has 89 wins. Okay. Houston has 88, and Seattle has 87. Okay. So 89 wins is pretty probably going to get the third wild card spot. So, so so 89 wins and then it would come down to season record. And this is this, this whole convoluted thing that I have broken down um in the notes. I think I broke it down after I sent you the notes. Okay. Um but maybe not. Um maybe I did it before I sent you the notes is what I meant there. But it, it's a whole thing that we'll get into. But um and then you've got Minnesota who I don't know if they won last night. They've got 85 wins, I believe. 84. Is he fi- really? 84 wins. Okay. 84 wins. Did they win last night? I think they have 85. I'm pretty they, sure they, they may won have last 85. Night, so. Either way, they're going to win that division with like three or four less wins oh, they than, like than the half third a wild card. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's unreal. Yeah. It's, um, and Cleveland is what? I think seven and a half, eight and a half games back and probably still are. They're, they're not going to. And they're like eight close. games below 500. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it, I undersold the Orioles, and I was one of the people that had a higher projected win total than most. For the Orioles at, yeah. at, at, at eighty nine. Now, uh, I said well, I said eighty one. So uh, Orioles fan statistics is that what it is? O's fan stats, whatever on Twitter projected them to win to be either be in first or second place way back in February. Wow, he was right. Um, but it, what an accomplishment for this team! Every, and getting back to the point of the story, everybody's asking me, Paul, are you crying? No, I, I didn't cry. And here's why: 
Here's why. One, at a certain point, I began to expect them to win this division. I so, agree. so yep. anything anything less would have been uncivilized. Uh, do you remember those those Charles Barkley commercials I, in the nineties? Yes, I, I've seen them. Yeah, YouTube um, is a is a great place. Um, yeah. So anything less would have been a, a disappointment. I hate to say that because nothing about this season has been a disappointment. No, nothing about this season has has been negative except for me, if you ask certain people. Um, but. Uh, I've seen division winners. I remember that the 97 team is still always going to hold that spot in my heart. That 97 team, um, they won 98 games. They were the best team I'd ever seen until this year. And the reason that they hold a special place in my heart, that team was expected to do that. Yeah. They were... They, they had four future Hall of Famers on that team and Rafael Palmero, who, let's face it, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He should be. Um, they, they had all those guys. That, that team was wildly talented. Right. To win 98 games... To be the best team in baseball for five and a half months, to go wire to wire, that team was special. They were supposed to do that, yeah. and then they fell short, didn't get to the World Series. They lost in the ALCS in just one of the most devastating postseason series of all time. Uh, when you look at going up against Cleveland, wasting two... F- Mike Mussina's 1997 ALCS should go down in the history books as one of the best individual performances of all time. 15 in the, fifteen innings pitched, 25 strikeouts, one earned run allowed, and he lost both of his starts. They lost both of his starts. Yeah. they. Uh, I think he lost one of them like 2-1 to one, and the other one 1-0. One um, that was that was a devastating series. The 2014 team, we watched them. That was a team where they were they were good the first half. The second half, they were gangbusters. Lights out, yeah. And, and you knew every single night that they were going to win. Yeah. Every single night. And then they get into the postseason. No Manny Machado. No Chris Davis. No Matt Wieters. And they sweep the Detroit Tigers, who started... Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, and David Price. Three Cy Young Award winners in yeah. a row. And the Orioles Two sweep them. Right? Yeah. So then you're thinking, all right, Kansas City um, took care of the Angels. The Angels had the most wins in the American League that year. They had 98. The Orioles had 96. We don't have to deal with the Angels. The Orioles are going to the World Series. Nope. They get swept four games to nothing in the ALCS. And they get outscored by a total, a total of six runs in those four games. Yeah. And no wins to show for it. They don't make it. Not to mention the 1996 team gets to the. They were. I remember they were 52 and 52 through 104 games, and then they went on to win 88 games that year, and they won the wild card because that team they had like a five and a half team ERA, but they scored 960 runs. It was yeah. stupid how good they were offensively, and they go in there and they beat the defending American League champions in the division series, the Cleveland Indians at the time, and then they go to New York. And Tony Tarasco, Jeffrey Mayer happens in New York. The Orioles split the first two games in New York, and they should have come home up to nothing. And I still believe without Jeffrey Mayer's interference, that's a completely different series. They end up losing that series four games to two. They should have come home up two games to none. They should have come home up two games to none with with three games in Baltimore and an opportunity to win at home. They end up losing four games to two, um, and that's it. 2014, swept in the ALCS. The whole point of this long rant is I've seen teams win the division. I've seen teams get to the ALCS. I've never seen a team get to the World Series. This team won 100 games. I've expected them to to win the division for a month and a half now. Yeah. So this, to me, was... Step one was awesome. I got choked up when when they clinched the postseason. This, to me, is just step two. 
And then and then the yeah. next the next is step three, getting to the winning the ALDS, getting to the ALCS. When they surpass step four, when they win the ALCS, your boy's gonna cry a river. A well, river. sure. I mean that'll be that'll be really different. I I agree with you. I mean it, this for a while has felt like a formality, and then you go into Boston and you've got a four game series, and you say okay. You need to win one game. Yeah. Well, they were going to win one game. They were going to win it, that first game no matter what. And, and right. So, to me, it felt like going into that night when I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to sit down and watch this game in totality. I felt there is no way they don't win this game. And there's no way this doesn't end in, in, you know, in an AL East victory. And it did, of course. So, yeah. to me, it wasn't like, wow, incredible. It was just kind of, okay, that's that step the, is passed. And the team celebrated that way they felt that way yes they, they, they yeah. celebrate like look they celebrated you know uh ramona rias and natalie rutschman were under the weather last <laughs> yeah. night they, massively hung over they were so incredibly hung over you saw rutschman in the dugout during yeah, last just, night's game and he was ugh. like just looked like death yeah. yeah i'm surprised he didn't have an iv attached to him <laughs> in the dugout so yeah no they they partied their butts off yeah but you could tell it was a far more subdued celebration than when they clinched the postseason, it almost felt more forced in a little bit of a way. Like I, they they didn't run off the the field immediately and start throwing things. Like it, it took a little bit. Like I think Ryan O'Hearn caught the last out at first base, and then everyone started doing it. And it was like it wasn't it wasn't the energy that we saw the first time. Right. And that's to be expected, I right? Because you already knew that you're in, and right. you already knew that you're either going to host three games, a maximum of three yeah. games. Uh, for the AL AL Wild Card Series, or you're gonna get a bye and and be and have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Yeah. Um. And you, so you knew that you were getting one of those two things. So at this point, it's all right. We've clinched. Now we've clinched the AL East. We've got work to do. Right. Right. Um. Yeah. I mean, it, it feels it's still incomplete. It, you know, winning a division is great, but again, when you win a hundred games, your expectation is a lot more than that. You expect to, and they're gonna win probably more than hundred games. Probably one hundred one and one hundred two. Yeah. Um. And you look at it, and you say, okay. The ALDS is a series that if you win 100 games, you win your division, you're so much better than everyone else, you should win the ALDS. You mm-hmm. should win. That's just my feeling on it. The ALCS and World Series, whole different story. But the next step, like you said, ALDS, go win that. Go win that, get to the ALCS, and then win that. Yeah, it's it's and it's really tough. Like it, Obviously, it, it's, it's so hard. It's but, really hard, but it's really hard to win 100 games. That's true. It's really hard to go from 110 losses in 2021 yeah. to 101 or 102 wins in 2020. That's unheard of. It is the biggest turnaround in the history of sport. Yeah. In the history of the sport. To go, no team in baseball has ever gone in a three-year span from 110 losses to 100 wins. It's incredible. Um, it's nothing short of a miracle, honestly. Because, yeah. the, again, this is nobody could have predicted what happened this year. And, you know, it's been so publicized, and, and it's it's gone a long way now. But uh, there are certain players that have outperformed expectations. Things have just gone every bit the way you wanted them to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, hot take here. I would sit Rutschman every game. That's left in the regular season. I wouldn't play him as well, a catcher. Just let him sit. Well, uh, maybe he sits today and plays tomorrow. I don't think they're maybe. Gonna do, I don't think they're going to do that. We'll see. Um, but it is a uh, what a testament to the hard work that this organization has put in, that this team has put in. Yeah. Um, your AL East division champs, your AL East regular season champs. It's it's. Uh, they should celebrate. They, they've earned the celebration. It's nice to not have to worry about these last three games. 
Uh, sure. Like, they lost three. I looked up at the TV and it was two nothing in the eighth, and I was like, Ugh. and I was like, oh, whatever. Whatever. The game doesn't matter. I mean, I'll watch if I have time today, but uh, I'm not going to go out of my way. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be um, probably a punt lineup from Brandon Hyde today anyway. So. Which is what it should be, to yeah, be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, they, they have, I mean, the players that they have, is there's no such thing really as a punt. Uh, okay, so sorry. Let me let me rephrase. A slightly worse lineup than usual. Yeah. 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 That's, but, um, your bench guys. No, it's, it's, it's a ton of fun. John Means went out last night in a game that didn't matter, and he gave him six and a third innings of two, uh, six and a third innings of two yeah. hit, two run ball. No walks, four Ks. He was he was very good last night, and now you're looking at a, at a postseason rotation where you've got Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, and John Means as your yeah. top three starters. And I I genuinely sorry to interrupt you. I I genuinely can't believe what John Means is doing. Neither can I. He's so much better coming back from probably the hardest injury to come back from outside maybe an ACL. It's unbelievable. Look at how long it took Chris Sale to come back, and, and he Tyler never was Glass the same. Now to come back. And Chris yeah. Sale's been good the last like six weeks. He's been good, um, but but he's not how, like the Cy look, Young guy. He look was. how how long it's taken those guys to bounce back. John Means comes back, and he's just like, "Hey guys, I'm I'm awesome." And and the reason I think is because he doesn't rely so much on the secondary stuff like those other guys do. He's just fastball changeup. And yeah. last night you saw him just go outside, 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 just hammering the outside part of the zone, especially against righties. And when you're a lefty, it's really, really tough to hit that. Yeah. Like it, it's really, really tough to hit that. So just hammered that part of the zone all night, and it worked. And he, the, the two run home run, oh well. He gives. Uh, oh well. He's gonna give up a home run sure. every now and again. But the fact of the matter is, he he's gotten what is it four starts now? Yes, four his, starts. His ERA is two sixty six. First two were okay, but be, you know not strikeout heavy. Third one was really good. Oh, I think eight innings, seven innings. I can't remember what it was. He's but allowed. It was long. He's allowed three hits. In his last two starts, covering thirteen and two thirds innings, isn't it more than that? I think it's no. More it than was that. seven and a third, and okay. then it was six and a third. Yeah, it's, it's, thirteen and two thirds innings. He's allowed three hits and three runs. He is, he might be better than he's ever been. He, which is, I, I think that's true. He is. He looks so good right now. He's fresh, and this is so huge for the Orioles. And oh my that bull, god, that yeah. bullpen is is nicely rested. Poor friggin' Shintaro Fujinami. It, what what happened? I'm, I'm celebrates confused. his freaking balls off after each clinch miss, mm. and then has to go take the mound the next day. That's gives true. Up, gives up stuff, and everybody's like, "Oh, he sucks!" It's like he's hungover. They say he's the life of the party too. Like yeah. he is the guy. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to hang out with that guy. Oh have, yeah, ha, for ha, sure. Have some sake. Um, <laughs> um, we almost wow. we're, we're almost a stand segment. I do not want to get to stand segment without talking about Brooks Robinson. Um. Brooks Robinson passed on Tuesday at the age of 86 after a, a, a battle with um I, I'm not sure what the illness was I just know that he was in in poor health and this was kind of for a ex- long time it seems and and this was kind of expected apparently and um it caught me by surprise and I got a little choked up when I when I read it um called my dad and my dad said to me one of the, he goes oh no what a what a legend and he goes have you ever heard a single person in your life say one negative thing about Brooks Robinson and I said no. And what a legacy, even yeah. beyond baseball, what a legacy to have had that kind of impact on the, everybody that you've come across with in your over 86 years of life that nobody has a bad thing to say about you. Yeah. And it made me reflect on myself. And it's like, what am, what am I not doing? What what can I be better at? Because um, that's not true of me. There, there are plenty of people that can say negative things about me. Nobody has a negative word to say about Brooks Robinson. And to me, that's just that's a bigger testament to the man than anything he did on the baseball field. Um, and on the baseball field, he was damn good. 
damn good. He, uh, 1964 AL MVP. He was a 16-time Gold Glove winner, the most among non-pitchers. Yep. Um, 18-time All-Star. He made two All-Star teams a year a couple of times because they used to have two All-Star games. Um, Which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> just, just an absolute incredible baseball player and an even better human being. And I've gotten to meet a lot of people over the last 13 over the last 10 years of working in and around Baltimore sports I've gotten to meet a lot of people I never met Brooks I never met Brooks and that breaks my heart um because it, it, it's it's not even a bucket listing it's Brooks Robinson yeah you know and and to have heard all the stories about him to know what he's done to have seen all the footage from like the 1970 World Series and to have never met him it, it breaks my heart because I would have liked to have at least shake, shake, shaken his hand and just said hey mr Robinson you know Thanks for everything, and just you know, gotten to, to exchange even just pleasantries with him. Um, but we, we we lost a a, a a hero, a friend, a legend in Brooks Robinson, and and it can't be understated his impact on this city uh, and on the game of baseball. Just an incredible person, a legend of the game. Um, so prayers out to um, thoughts, prayers out to Brooks Robinson's family. Um, our hearts are with them right now, and uh, you know, thank you, Brooks, for everything you brought to the city of Baltimore and everything that you did. I mean, th- th- when he played, man, it, it, they weren't getting millions of dollars. You oh, know, no, they, no. they they had to. I mean, he was going out doing appearances for twenty five bucks a pop. You oh. know, and he had they had to have a job um, in the off season, yeah. and he made this place his home. He raised his family here. Um, Owings Mills lives in Owings yeah, Mills. Yeah, just just uh, just an awesome human being, and uh, so, sad to see him go. And um, sad that I never got an opportunity to cross paths. Two quick anecdotes on that. Uh, I met Brooks in 2019, I believe. If you remember the the game where he was holding up the Trey Mancini for All Star, uh, mm. I, I met him that day. Oh wow! He, he was doing an event at the warehouse, and I went into the warehouse and I met Brooks, and it was awesome. Uh, I shook his hand. He, he and one thing people always say about Brooks, and it was absolutely true, is that he makes you feel like you know him. And mm-hmm. that's at, when I met him, it was the exact same thing. He was asking me like, "Where do you go to school?" All that kind of thing, and it was it was awesome. Really, yeah. really cool. Um, and just the nicest guy you could yeah. ever meet. Uh, and two. My dad has a friend who uh, one night was at some random event where Brooks Robinson asked him to drive him home. And apparently they talked about baseball for like 45 minutes on the drive home. And it was the coolest experience this guy's like ever had in his that life. It was, cool. it was really cool. I got to drive Brooks back to Owings Mills and uh, just said he was the most, again, most nice guy, most cordial guy you could ever meet in your life. So Brooks, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll be missed for sure. It, it, that's super cool. What, what an awesome story. And uh, yeah, and, and he still had his wits about him right to the very end. So he knew what was going on. He knew what this team was doing, and it's just um, and from from what we've heard, he loved this team. So it would be only fitting for the Orioles to go capture World Series championship, um, forty years after their last one. The when as Brooks has passed, and you know when the Orioles won that game on Tuesday, one to nothing. It was fitting, you know, uh, Gunnar Henderson. Caught the, the the last pitch that um the last first pitch that Brooks Robinson threw out at at the stadium, uh, Gunnar Henderson hit a leadoff home run. That was the run that, that held up, and the Orioles won that game one to nothing. And then on top of that, uh, the major league record for so for single RBIs in one nothing victories is held by Brooks Robinson with ten. Yeah, 
And the day that he died, the Orioles went out and won one to nothing. That's, it, that's just that, a, that's, that's just super that. cool. Yeah, that's that's amazing. That that's that is unbelievable to me. It's kind of like the 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 time where the Angels did that for Tyler Skaggs, where yeah. they I can't remember the exact way they did something, but it was it was kind the, of, the the whole thing was with with Tyler Skaggs was like it was that was God in, in my opinion. There was something that happened that was definitely they was, they was they won by like the same score as his birthday or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something. Yeah, and it yeah, was yeah. it was a combined no hitter and um there was something his number was 45 and something, it was something to do with the number but something like, to yeah. do it, it was like three or four different things in that game yeah um that just was like this is just way it was weird it, yeah very weird yeah we got to get stan online while zach does that i uh, want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by the baltimore county police department which is hosting a hiring event on saturday october 28th it will take place at the public safety buildings at 700 east joppa road in towson applicants can compete can complete multiple parts of the hiring process including agility testing written testing and the ability to apply on the spot members of our Specialized units will be in attendance to further discuss career opportunities with the police department. And starting in the afternoon, there will also be a trunk or treat event that is open to the community if you're not interested in joining the BCPD. To find out more, contact our office at 410-887-4584 or 410-887-5521. Joining us on the line now for his weekly segment, it is Stan the Fan. Charles Stan, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Zach. How are you guys doing? Stan, this is the most carefree show we've had all year. There, uh, what the Orioles do on the field the, ne- the last night and the next two days doesn't really matter at all, and it's a nice uh, freeing feeling. But before we get into that, Stan, Zach and I were just talking about the late, great Brooks Robinson. Um, can you talk yeah. to us about your encounters with Brooks? I'm sure you've had a few, and his impact on the city and what he means to Baltimore baseball. Well, I've talked about this quite a bit the last couple of days. And, uh, you know, one of the things that comes across is, uh, to me about Brooks was that he was not just special to us in Baltimore. Uh, we had the opportunity to work with Brooks in 2007. We had done a cover story on Brooks turning 70 years old. And what was a picture of Brooks on the cover of press box. This is back when we were a weekly, uh, blowing out the candles on a cake. And it's at Brooks at 70. And we got to talking. I did a Q and a with him for, for the story. And, uh, we got to talking cause we had just done about six months prior. We had just done the, uh, Cal Ripken magazine when he went into the hall of fame. And we thought we had an idea that, was going to be very lucrative. Um, and, uh, Brooks allowed us to do a magazine on him. And, uh, one of the key parts of, of our business concept was you had to have, it wasn't like doing something that nobody, the person didn't want you to do. You needed the person to work with you. Uh, and they would, if you got rewarded handsomely that the magazine sold, uh, the, pl- the person would make a lot of money. So um, Brooks agreed to do it, and we created this magazine called uh, Brooks Robinson, The Original Oriole, and it came out in 2017, and we took it up to collector shows up in New York, um, actually in Secaucus, New Jersey, 
there was somebody who used to put on really big collectible shows, uh, Molly Ann Grisigliano, and we started selling that book and some of our other books there. And it was amazing to me, I know it was a long-winded way to get to Brooks's impact, is how much he was beloved up there. Mm-hmm. And, and we just found out that not only was Brooks a treasure to Baltimore, he was very rare in the sports collecting world and sports appreciation world in terms of how much he was appreciated everywhere. Yeah. You know, I know Carl Yastrzemski is amazingly popular still up in Boston. I'm sure before he passed away, Stan Musial was incredibly popular in St. Louis. And I just, it was my, uh, my feeling for talking to people that this was something very unique, that he was appreciated by baseball fans all over the map. He was beloved all over the map. So it's a great loss for our community because we were closest to him. He spent most of his time here in his adult and professional life. But it's a gut punch to baseball fans everywhere. And we were just lucky to, we were lucky to have him. He was an amazing, amazing human being. Absolutely. You know, and Stan, my dad used to tell me stories about Brooks in the 1970 World Series and just how great he was as a player um, and how great he was as a human being. So when, when I found out, the first person I called was my dad on Tuesday. Um, and he hadn't heard. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he was working. He was seeing patients at the time. And he took the call while he was seeing right. the patient. And the, one, the first right. thing he said to me was, have you ever heard somebody say a negative word about Brooks Robinson? I was just talking about this with Zach, and it, it really speaks to his legacy that the answer to that question is unequivocally no. Nobody's ever yeah. has ever had a bad thing to say about Brooks Robinson. And the, the, the amazing thing is every person that you've heard talk about him, has that's one of the first things they, they've said. Nobody has ever had a bad word to say about him. And it, so his impact goes beyond the baseball field, Stan. It, it, it's who he was as a person and it kind of the legacy he's leaving as how you want to live your life and how you need to treat other people. And it's just, it makes yeah. me introspect a little bit and, and want to strive to be better. So the fact that Brooks just as a human being can have that impact. And then uh, the hall of fame player that he was on the field, uh, just a tremendous loss, as you said, not just for the Baltimore community and for baseball, but for people as a whole uh, to lose such a special I- person. I have to correct you. There was one person that spoke ill of uh, Brooks Robinson. That was our former football writer, Joe Platania. Mm-hmm. Joe always remembers the story when he was about eight years old. He was playing Little League baseball, and uh, <laughs> and Brooks' son struck him out to end the game. Mm-hmm. And he looked over, and Brooks was, yeah, 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 you know, that his son had struck him out. And he said, yeah. It always devastated him that Brooks Robinson rooted <laughs> against him. He was, of course, kidding, but he, right. he was the only person I ever spoke ill of Brooks. That's so funny. What? A, what? That, that, that's uh, quite a story. It's because um, that would be like the only thing that anybody could say about him is that he cheered for his right. son and made me right. feel right. bad. That's too funny. That's right. that's what a great story. Um, yeah, yeah. Just we had the, a we had a story in the magazine, and I'll just tell it real quick. Sure. Because uh, I'd like to find this woman. Her name is Susan Skiles. And uh, we did a piece in the magazine about people that named their kids after Brooks. Okay? Mm-hmm. We found a bunch of people that named their children after Brooks, both boys and girls. And then the, this was a three-page story 
And then the fourth page was another story written by the same writer, Charlie Vassalaro, about Brooks's biggest fan. And it was this woman who, um, who, when she was a kid, Brooks Robinson was like her idol. She just idolized Brooks. And her father, I forgot, I reread the story the other day and hadn't even remembered reading it. But Brooks, uh, her father was like an air conditioning repairman or a phone repairman or something like that. And he walked up to his daughter and said, I want you to come uh, on my route today. And she didn't know what she was doing. She went went with her dad and they pull up to the house and she goes, you know whose house this is? This is Brooks Robinson's house. Wow. And they knocked, they knocked on the door and Brooks opened the door, took her inside and um, ended up while her father was working on fixing whatever was wrong with his air conditioner or phones. He took her into the kitchen and got her milk and cookies and spent like an hour with her. That's right? awesome. And she always said that that was the best day of her life. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, her family knew that that was the best day of her life. When she was 50 years old, she lost her five and a half year old grandson died. Mm. I don't know what, of, but she went into a deep, dark depression and her family was, you know, worried about her and wanted her to come back to life, even though it's terrible to lose a grandson. And they somehow reached out to Brooks Robinson to see if he would be kind enough to come to a birthday party of hers. And he couldn't make the birthday party because he had prior commitments, but he ended up taking her to a cystic fibrosis, cystic fibrosis, like banquet or something mm -hmm. like that. And she sat with him the whole evening and everything. And it really did. It snapped her back to life, uh, being with him again. So there, there are hundreds of stories like that, you know, yeah, it's hundreds it's, um... of stories. Like just just an incredible impact on on just the human beings in general and it's funny so many people have named their child their their sons brooks after brooks robinson and my cousin yeah. is 37 years old this year uh he had his first mm -hmm. son his first child two years ago a son and he named him brooks after brooks robinson yeah. so so it's still yeah. happening you know 50 plus years uh, just about 50 years after he finished playing um it is a, a true yeah. testament to the human being that he was we had an AP writer in Baltimore who was long gone named Gordon Beard. Mm. And Gordon was not a particularly a big fan of Reggie's, you know, from the year he played here, he thought he was a bit of a jerk. Mm -hmm. uh, and he, he had a famous quote. He goes, you know, up in New York, they named candy bars after, after star players here. We named kids after Brooks Robinson. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, that's Brooks. I mean, that's that's yeah. the impact that he yeah. had. Now, Stan, yeah. um, the impact that that he has been lasting with this team. You know, he he passes away at 86 years old on Tuesday. He holds the major league record for um, being the lone RBI in a one nothing victory. With uh, he's done that. He did that ten times. The major league record. And then, sure enough, the Orioles' current third baseman at the time, uh, Gunnar Henderson, that same night hits a leadoff home run and goes as the lone RBI in the Orioles one to nothing victory to pull to put their magic number um, down to two at that point. And then, yeah. they, of course, two days later they clinch the AL East. This team stand uh, from beginning to end this year has been 
miraculously talented. They, they've 100 wins for the first time since 1980, only the sixth time in the history of the franchise. They've now clinched the American League East, the number one overall seed in the American League. They get that rest and they get that bye. What is the importance of clinching this one seed for this team in particular, given the strain that we saw in the bullpen leading up to this past week of baseball? Well, I think that's the key thing. It gives them, they, they are a young team, so it's not like they're tired physically. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, this season did wear them out somewhat mentally. Yeah. You know, I think, the, you know, they're, they're, they're a fairly exhausted team. Uh, and that bullpen and the whole entire pitching staff, obviously uh, the pitching staff is going to have to play a huge part in any long run that the Orioles might go on here, you know, and that's, there's going to be some rearrangements of people's uh, responsibilities and duties. Somebody figures to come out, especially in that first five game series that we'll play. Uh, somebody figures to come out of that rotation. Um, uh-huh. Maybe even then I would say one starter uh, will come out of that rotation. So, uh, uh, and the bullpen, the way that Brandon Hyde is, uh, is evolving his use of the bullpen minus uh, Felix Bautista. Uh, it's been co- quite fascinating to watch this week with Tyler Wells coming seemingly out of nowhere to be able to, to throw as well as he is right now and CNL Perez becoming more and more important. Um, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see whether Felix can miraculously somehow take a mound at some point in time. I don't know. I would think if there's any chance of that happening, we're going to see him pitch either tonight or tomorrow. Um, and, I, and I don't know that he's active right now. So uh, while it still seems a long shot, pretty amazing that he's actually thrown a uh, simulated game. Yeah, it's um, they have he's not active right now. We could see an yeah. announcement today or tomorrow that the Orioles yeah. have activated him just to get him some game action and see what he can do. And, and this would be the time yeah. to do it, Stan. You know, you already have, like you said, he's throwing live bullpens right now. Uh, this would be the time to see, hey, can you help us in the postseason? And if not. You know now instead of figuring it out in the ALDS. So um, now, look, the last two Saturdays, Stan, the Orioles have gone into that in, in the midst of a four-game series where they were down uh, two games to none in that four-game series. And then two weeks ago, it was Grayson Rodriguez with the best start of his career. Eight innings pitched, five hits, no runs, no walks, nine Ks. Then last Saturday, it's John Means. Takes a no-hitter into the seventh inning. He goes. He pitches into the eighth gives up just the one hit and the one run in that start. And then you fast forward to last night, and in a game that means absolutely nothing, Stan, John Means goes out there and gives them six and a third innings of two-hit, two-run ball with no walks, four strikeouts, shuts down a pretty potent Red Sox offense uh, last night. And even though the Orioles lost 3 nothing, the story there is John Means looks like he is all the way back. Has he cemented himself as the number three starter on this team in the postseason? I'm not a hundred percent sure of that, but he's sure, you know, because he also is an attractive uh, option out of the bullpen mm-hmm. uh, in, in certain situations. But I would think it looks like he he is pretty much, uh, you know, ready to go. I just uh, I just want to pump the the brakes on John Means though. We're, we're not talking about Jim Palmer here. Sure, you know, we're not talking about Mike Musina. In 374 innings as a major league pitcher, John Means has 
pitched to a 3.75 ERA, mm -hmm. which in today's world is pretty, it's, it's good. It's right. not great, but it's good. He's given up 69 home runs. That's a home run every 5.442 innings. That's true. Um, you know, and you saw in his games, he's given up four home runs in 23 innings, which is one every six innings, you know, just under one every six innings. Mm -hmm. He's he's a guy that there's no question uh, in a regular season he would be he would be certainly in the starting rotation every turn around right now. Mm -hmm. It's just his propensity for home runs in the postseason. Uh, if it rears its ugly head and he gives up two in a game, you know, and you're going up against Spencer Strider or Frambar Valdez, you know, it's just it's just something to 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 be concerned with, in my opinion. But it's been sure. a miraculous comeback. Uh, he's pitched as well as I've ever seen him pitch right now, except the strikeouts. You know, he's in 23 innings, he struck out 10 mm -hmm. uh, and walked only four. But uh, you know, when he was really going, he really struck out a fair amount of players. Yeah, you, know? you would see anywhere from six to 12. In, in a given game yeah. for John Means. He hasn't yeah. come really close to those numbers yet. But, you know, which speaks to him pitching to a lot of contact, right? Um, so I can, yeah. I can see the nerves there with, you know, he, he's, uh, he could be prone to give up the long ball, and he has been throughout his career. Um, I, to I me, mean, you, look at, you look at the two, the two most dangerous teams we can potentially face uh, in the World Series are the Dodgers and the Atlanta Braves. Right. And they both scored over 900 runs. The Orioles have scored 800 runs. Right. So you, you don't want to be giving up a two, you know, a two or three run homer to J.D. Martinez or, um, you know, Freddie Freeman or uh, Matt Olson, you know, Sean Murphy. Um, you, you really got to try and keep the ball in the ballpark against those two teams if we're fortunate enough to get that deep. And I, I think our chances of getting that deep are, are pretty good. Yeah, uh, and that was one of the questions I have in the notes for you, Stan, is, you know, first and foremost, the Orioles are going to get that by. So a lot of their guys are being rested right now, especially after the celebration from Thursday night. I, I don't expect them to see, I don't expect to see too representative of a lineup these last two days. Um, and then they're going to have essentially six days off or five days off. Do you worry mm -hmm. about a letdown with this group, or is it more good than bad that they're going to be able to get five days to kind of lick their wounds and come back and be as fresh as possible for the postseason? You know, that's something that would be cute and glitchy for me to come up with something to, to say about that. We're not going to know. You know, the mm -hmm. Atlanta Braves had that same bye last week, and chances are they were the best team in the National League last year, but they got rolled over by the Phillies. Uh, we're not going to know really whether this benefit really benefits them overall uh, until until they come at it. You know, it, there's certainly a danger of facing a team, uh, you know, like Toronto or something that gets ahead of steam started, and now we got to start. We got to jump back into action, and it's 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 you know it's in the realm of possibility that we could we could meet that same type of fate. I don't think it's going to happen, mm -hmm. but I don't think it's an automatic that it's a benefit. You know, what would be a benefit would be two or three days off, but five or six days off, you know, the whole week. But I'm sure that Brandon Hyde's going to have some, 
simulated games going on and, you know, things to, to keep them sharp uh, in their preparation for playing, uh, you know, uh, next Saturday. Yeah, I, I think that that he's got a good finger on the pulse of this team, and he's going to have them prepared as they yep. can be uh, for the for the postseason yep. run here. And you know, assuming there is no letdown, and let's say the Orioles do get past the ALDS, Dan, what is your confidence in this team that they can make a run to the World Series? You know, once they get there, I don't care who they're playing, Stan, they're there, and then all bets are off once you're in that World Series. What is your confidence level that no matter who they face, they can get there? Well, I'll tell you one of the things that gives me great confidence right now is that Kyle Bradish is pitching about as well as anybody in baseball right mm-hmm. now. You know, he may, he may not have the reputation that some other people have, but he is turned in right in front of our eyes this year to a to a bona fide ace type pitcher. Yep. Uh, I don't know what that means for the rest of his career, but I can tell you right now his confidence level is exceedingly high. And that's great to have. And they also have Grayson Rodriguez, who what we saw two weeks ago, you know, uh, or last Saturday uh, in that game against Tampa was just uh, really very, very special. Uh, We're also seeing what we're seeing from Means. Kyle Gibson has whatever he needed to figure out. Uh, I I think he's part of this equation as well. And they you know, they've either got Gibson or Kramer who will probably pick up a, a long man's, uh, you know, jacket uh, over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and, and th- we talk about this every week the last few weeks, Dan, and it's because there's knee-jerk reactions, right? Kyle Gibson goes out and gives up seven runs in four in the third innings. You're like, oh, man, he sucks. He can't be in the Orioles rotation. Then he goes out a couple starts in a row, gets into the seventh and eighth innings, giving up three runs or less, and you're like, oh, well, maybe. Dean Kramer goes out that Friday night against against the Guardians when the Orioles desperately needed length out of him, and he doesn't get out of the fourth inning. And, and he gives up five or six runs, and then he comes out the, in his la, in his most recent start and dominates for six innings. Uh, who uh, it's going to be one of those two that's going to be the fourth starter if they need one in the wild card series, and the other one's likely going to the bullpen. Which one of them do you think is going to be penciled in? I, to me, it's got to be uh, Gibbons because he's a veteran and he seems to have that dig deep mentality where when his back's against the wall and the Orioles need a big start out of him, he comes through. Yeah, I know this is not going to happen, what I'm going to say. To me, the guy that I would put in that role uh, as the, the long man mm-hmm. would be this year would be Grayson Rodriguez mm-hmm. uh, because uh, I I think he is capable of being a game changer in in the fourth, fifth, sixth innings. Mm-hmm. I, I just think he can do that, and he can do that twice in a five-game series. Whereas a starter, and I know wins are precious, he can do that once, but who's he going to be matched up against? You know, he may be matched up against uh, Christian Javier or uh, Javier Valdez or Kevin Gosman. Whereas if he comes in a game where you really need somebody, and this is what the Tampa did with the young pitcher in 2008 when they used David Price that way right. in the postseason. You know, I, but it's not going to happen because he's their you know, he's their alpha dog, so to speak. So my gut feeling, hey boy, it is really a coin flip when you talk about what Gibson and Kramer bring. I just think maybe Kramer would, would be capable of doing what I'm suggesting Grayson is. 
I don't know about Kyle Gibson coming out of the pen. Right. So my gut would be that Kramer would be the movable piece. Yeah, and that that's kind of what where where my head is also. Um, even though yep. in his three postseason appearances, Kyle Gibson's pitched out of the bullpen, I think that Brandon Hyde trusts him as a veteran starter to go in there and get him five quality innings, uh, and then would bring Dean Kramer in to kind of bridge the gap. With that in mind, do you anticipate either Cole Irvin or Jack Flaherty being in the postseason bullpen um, to start? I'll tell you, after last night, I, I watched uh, Shintaro Fujinami, and it's been, it was a very interesting acquisition, and I, I won't say for the most part it was successful. There were moments it was very successful. I, I don't know how you can have Shintaro on your postseason roster. Right. I, I really don't. To me, he pitched his way out of that. That, that inning was so laborious and ugly uh, when he came in last night, you know, uh, that I, I'm just projecting that, uh, you know, Flaherty or Cole Irvin will be on the team over him. Now, the, what I will say about about uh, Fujinami, Stan, is that his last two bad outings have come the day mm-hmm. directly following the Orioles postseason celebrations. Right, like like they clinched yeah. the postseason, and then he has to come out the next day. And he was we we know that he was the life of the party uh, during the first celebration. Then they have the other celebration. I didn't hear about him being the life of the party, but you know he partied his butt off when they clinched the, the division. Then he has to come out again and yep. pitch. And, and I'm not saying that it's, it's an excuse, but there I think there has to be something to be said for being hungover and pitching in a major well, but, baseball but game. Do you, but do you really? But do you really want to have somebody in postseason? When you might clinch one or two more times that's on true. your roster, that's in- incapable of pitching. That's I-, true. I-, I hear you. We're being facetious a, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I-, I will tell you, I'm I'm very surprised. We talked about this three weeks ago when I threw out the idea of Flaherty going to the pen, mm-hmm. and about two days later they used him out of the pen, and then there's been crickets. There's been no usage of him. Yeah. Uh, whatsoever. Well, I think um, writing's so on the wall with him. I, I don't know what that, that if that how that bodes for his position on the postseason roster. I always like having one guy in the postseason that could come in and give you three to four innings. You know, if, if you needed, if you absolutely had to, because uh, when you run out of those one inning guys and then there's nobody left, it really gets a little dicey in the postseason. Well, I'll I'm t- not saying Jack has done what you what would make you feel comfortable in that in those games, but I think you know, uh, given his history, he's got the possibility of doing something like that. Well, I'll tell you, Stan, I'm pretty confident in what this bullpen can do in the postseason because you're going to have potentially five guys in uh, who were starters uh, that, that when you're looking at DL Hall, Tyler Wells probably Dean Kramer, Jack Flaherty, and potentially Cole Irvin that can come in in long relief in the bullpen. You've got a ton of guys who can really go down. And then that's before you talk about Perez and Coulomb and Webb and Cano. I think this bullpen can be a real strength for the Orioles in the postseason. Uh, and what Tyler Wells and D.L. Hall have done down the stretch here has been nothing short of phenomenal. They've really picked up some big Big innings for the Orioles out of that pen in the last week or two. Yeah, uh, well, you know how I feel about D.L. Hall and Tyler Wells and, and the bullpen. That's mm-hmm. where I saw both of them. And, uh, you know, again, 
it's it's interesting, by the way, the Boston Red Sox have a Tyler Wells on their roster, and his name is Garrett Whitlock, who yep. they sort of desperately want him to be a starter because they're short on starters. But he's got the same problem Wells has, which is he's just not built to be a starter and go, you know, those those long outings, 75, 85. But you put him in for 30 pitches for one or two innings, He's really tough, and I think the same with Tyler Wells. You know, yeah, I, I, it wasn't a question. It wasn't a question that I had about Wells's ability to compete as a starter or be effective as a starter, because in today's game, starters are five and two thirds, six and a third, most. You know, uh, but Tyler Wells proved to me that he's not meant to be a starting pitcher, and I think his role is in this in this type of situation. And I think uh, the Orioles carefully gauged that and they brought both Hall and uh, Wells in uh, kind of at the right time, brought them up and started uh, using them, you know. Yeah, and he's looked every bit the part coming out of that bullpen since he's been brought back up yeah. and when the Orioles desperately yeah. needed him to. Stan, before we let you go, uh, since you've been on the phone with us, the Orioles have announced that Gunnar Henderson is their 2023 Most Valuable Oriole. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on that, and did you vote for him as such as well? I voted for Gunnar Henderson second. Uh, I voted for Felix Bautista as my most valuable Oriole. Okay. And I certainly see the case. I certainly see the case that can be made for Gunnar Henderson, uh, of course. Uh, but to me, uh, as, as great as he was at, at times during the season, you know, Santander and him have almost identical or, or record, you know, stats this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could have seen Santander, uh, being that, and uh, Glenn convinced me, and I voted for Kyle Bradish uh, third uh, on my ballot. So uh, Glenn, Glenn uh, opened my eyes to how important he began to be in that second half of the season, that every fourth day or fifth day, you just had a guy that was shutting down the opposition. Yeah. That's hugely important. But I certainly have no problem with Gunnar Anderson getting the nod. Yep. Just I, interesting that the club two years in a row has been a rookie that's when they won the most valuable Oriole. Yeah, it, it, it shows just how far they've come, how big that, that – I, I mean, and, and the the number one overall prospect in baseball three years in a row, the the minor league player of the year two years in a row in Gunnar Henderson and now um, Jackson Holiday. This team is built to win for a good bit here, Stan. It's, it's an exciting time in yeah. Baltimore for sure. Yeah. What do you got? Sure. What do you What do you got coming up this week? Uh, I think I'm I'm talking to Ross and um, Ross and Luke about moving our Monday Zoom to Tuesday because of the Brooks Robinson uh, Memorial on Monday. Yeah. Um, and and the travel plans of some of the people I wanted to get on that Zoom. Um, I think it'll be easier to get people on Tuesday, uh, and I don't have anything yet lined up. I'm trying to get somebody from the University of Maryland uh, football program to talk to us on uh, Wednesday or Thursday next week. Okay, well we will stay... But I, got a new column, I got a new column up uh, as of yesterday on Brooks Robinson at PressBoxOnline.com um, and I'm pretty proud of what I wrote and uh, how it's presented. We'll be sure to go read it. I didn't realize you put up the the article. I'll go uh, check that out today, Stan. Thanks so much. Really great segment right. with you today, and uh, enjoy the rest of the weekend, all right? All right, you too, guys. All Bye. right, see you, Stan.
That was Stan the Fan Charles, who has changed up the format for his weekly shows. Now, every Monday at 6 p.m., Stan will be joined by former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley and Press Box's managing editor Luke Jackson to break down the latest with the birds. And every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein will chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, the baseball guys were joined by former Orioles executive Dan Duquette. Then Stan chatted with Maryland five-star CEO Jeff Newman and Fairhale organizing... I think it's Fairhill. Fairhill Organizing Committee Chairman Michael Hankin about the third upcoming edition of the event. You can watch the shows live at Facebook.com slash PressBox or find them the next day at PressBoxOnline.com slash video and YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. I'm going to make an executive decision. We're going to take a break right now when we come back in the payoff pitch around the league and Orioles banter. That's next on the Bat Around. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Ties Bowser Show. A partnership of PressBox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Gambling problem? Visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 12th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. 
Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Welcome back into the Bataround, rolling right along here on an awesome Saturday in the Baltimore area. Uh, um, that was the most I've ever struggled with headphones in my life. I could not get these things. Like, they fold up if you don't not, if you let them fold up, they will fold up during the break. So I just, I don't know if you saw that, but it was real struggle. Well, I feel bad about myself now. You probably should. Folks, do you I, feel I bad don't. about yourself? Are you struggling <laughs> with your fantasy football team like Zach's struggling with his headphones hey, and, you're, and you need help? Lots of help. Press Box and Live Casino and Hotel have the answer. One lucky winner will receive a private fantasy football consultation with Press Box fantasy football expert Joe Serpico with ongoing help throughout the season, including advice on sits and starts, trades and waiver wire pickups, plus a VIP game day experience at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland Sports and Social with a reserve table and $200 food and beverage credit. To enter, go to PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. That's PressBoxOnline.com slash contest. You must be 20 21 or older to enter. Complete rules available at pressboxonline.com slash contest. I mean, we're into week four. At what point does somebody need to win that contest? I guess they're going to have to win it soon. By the way, Pollard Greens, uh, my team in our league, is the only 3-0 team in the league. Oh, dude, so fans, I just wanted to shout that out. I am 3-0 in the press box league. Mm. Uh, 1-2 in um, yours in my league. Um, I beat my... Uh, I defeated my wife in fantasy football <laughs> last week, and it's so funny because good choice words, yeah. Because Laura dominates fantasy football, but yeah. I'm five and one lifetime against her in fantasy. They had her coming into the season ranked as my easiest opponent all time. Interesting, and I and, and I whooped her last yeah. week. Um, I'm zero and three in another league, mm. and I think I'm I'm either two and one or one and two in my other sleeper league. Um, I'm not, doing one of my other league. I I got destroyed last week to break up the undefeated streak for me. I had I had four undefeated games uh, combined in my two leagues, and then 
lost the game last week. My, so my, I was devastated. My team in the league that I'm zero and three in is terrible. It's absolutely. I mean, I had, I, I have, um, I can't remember. I ended up just, tr- I just traded AJ Brown for Kenneth Walker because I had no running backs. Yeah, I had no running backs, and um, the guy offered me the trade. I looked at it; the trade was actually in my favor, and it's like you got to trade something to get something. Kenneth Walker yeah. scored like five touchdowns this year, so I took a gamble on him, and I think I have his backup on my bench also. So um, it was a it was a decent trade. I got to do something. I can't. I, I'm zero and three. I'm in the I'm the twelve seed right now out of twelve teams. I gotta I gotta figure it out. I'm not a big fantasy football trader because people just try to screw you over. Like you have no oh, people, people people don't offer fair trades at all. Yeah, people do try to screw you over. And I don't know if it was the same guy who offered me the trade, but he tried to set, uh, um, trade me Kevin Bourne for Zay Flowers. Yikes! And I was like, Ay. no. I don't know if it's the same guy. I was like, hmm, he accepted this trade. Maybe he'll accept this one, well, too. People people think that you're not going to know. Like, they'll, they'll send you a trade offer, and they're like, oh, he doesn't know enough about football to know this. And it's like, you're dealing with the wrong guy here. Like, <laughs> yeah. we know what we're talking about. There, There's some people who will just take advantage of other people in the league that just don't, you know, don't yeah. know quite as much. I've been, I've been in leagues where that's happened before. I've been in leagues where I was it. a guy taking advantage. You know what I mean? Well, but, I'm not going to say uh, I've never done that. Uh, look, A.J. Brown hasn't put up the numbers yet this year. No. Uh, um, he had a great game last game. Um, but Kenneth Walker, you know, he's the, the lead back. It's his second year in a row that he's yep. dominating out there. They, they run. Uh, Seahawks just run the ball. Constantly. Yeah, and, and so Geno Stone isn't having the year this year that he had last year. No. Um, Geno so, Smith. Stone is the... Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Thank you. Um, so Kenneth Walker. Uh, I know a lot about football. Geno Stone, <laughs> quarterback of the Seahawks. Um, so I don't hate the trade. I needed to do something, man. My, my running backs... We're like, um, I think it's Derrick Henry who has Done been nothing. not great. No. And Gus Edwards. Now, Derrick Henry, I've seen him so many times start the first half of the year. Like the first he six usually games, does. really slow. And then he rushes for like 1,500 yards the last 10 games. Yeah. So I have confidence in him. I just don't think it's the same Titans teams. Like they're, they're very. They slowed down compared to what they used to be. Yeah, and well, Ryan Tannehill is just not a good quarterback anymore. DeAndre Hopkins is your best weapon aside from. Um, from Derrick Henry, Henry, and he's getting up there. Derrick Henry's the guy that they're going to key in on right now. And you know, yeah. T- Tannehill without AJ Brown um, and Corey Davis there is not the quarterback that he was when he right. got there. He just doesn't right. have the talent around him. Getting off track here a little bit. It is now time for the payoff pitch around the league. Ryan Mountcastle picked up two hits, and John Means allowed two runs on three hits while pitching into the seventh, but Nick Pavetta was too strong, allowing just two hits and no runs while striking out ten in seven sensational innings, and Trevor Story ripped a two-run homer to lead the Red Sox over the Orioles three to nothing. Bo Bichette and Vladdy Jr. combined for seven hits and six runs, while Alejandro Kirk, Brandon Belt, and Matt Olson contributed solo shots as the Blue Jays reduced their magic number to one for a postseason berth with a resounding 11-4 victory over Tampa Bay. J.P. Crawford hit a grand slam. Josh Rojas and Ty France added solo shots of their own, and six Mariners pitchers combined to allow three hits, eight walks, and strike out 12 as Seattle pounded Texas 8 to nothing to keep their playoff hopes very much alive. Jose Abreu doubled home two runs in the sixth, and Jose Urquidy outdueled Zach Gallen with six shutout innings to lead the Astros over the D-backs 2-1. to one. The win dropped Houston's playoff magic number to one and brought them within one game of the Rangers with two to go in for the AL West crown. With the loss, imagine, uh, imagine Arizona's magic number for the playoffs remains at one. 
Josh Bell and Jake Berger came through with run-scoring doubles in a four-run eighth inning, and the Miami bullpen allowed just four base runners in five and a third innings as the Marlins dropped their magic number to one to clinch a wild-card spot with a 4-3 to three victory over Pittsburgh. Carlos Santana tripled and double driving in three, including the walk-off RBI with that 10th inning double as the Brewers handed the Cubs their fourth straight loss, bringing the Northsiders to the brink of elimination. The Reds bashed six homers, three doubles, and two triples, collecting 19 runs on 17 hits in, in total to stave off elimination against the Cardinals 19-2. Trent Grisham doubled home two runs. Nick Martinez struck out eight over five shutout innings as the Padres picked up their 13th win in 16 games to get back to 500 for the first time since May 11th with a 3-2 win over the White Sox. Despite the hot stretch, the Marlins' victory earlier in the night eliminated San Diego from playoff contention. Bo Naylor and Tyler Freeman each homer to chase Detroit starter Joey Wentz as the Guardians took down the Tigers 7-5. Spencer Torkelson hit his 31st home run in the loss. The Nationals clipped five homers to take down Atlanta 10-6. Michael A. Taylor hit his 21st home run, driving in two, and Ryan Jeffers collected three hits to lead the Twins over the Rockies 7-6. Bobby Witt Jr. hit his 30th home run, driving in three, and Salvador Perez added three hits and three ribs as Kansas City smacked the Yankees around 12-5. Jordan Lyles worked six innings to pick up his third win of the month after only winning three games in the season's first five months. Mickey Moniak homered and drove in two, and Davis Daniels tossed five shutout innings in relief to pick up the win as the Angels downed the A's 5-1. Freddie Freeman picked up his 29th homer and 59th double, and J.D. Martinez smacked the three-run homer to lift the Dodgers over the Giants 6-2. Lance Lynn improved to 7-2 with the Dodgers, allowing two runs on two hits in six innings in the victory. And finally, the Phillies and Mets were rained out. The game will be made up as part of a single-admission doubleheader on Saturday. What's on tap for us here around the league? Zachary Alan Goodman. By the way, I did not realize the Marlins were one game away. Like, this team has just had such a quick and unbelievable turnaround. Uh, and Their season's the, been so Jekyll and Hyde it, all year. Yeah, it's been really weird. And they made the playoffs in 2020 in that shortened season. That was very odd. But things With like 90% of the roster on COVID. Just a wild stretch of events for the Marlins. But Jeter's gone and things have turned around, I guess. Tristan McKenzie and the Guardians, they'll take on To Be Determined and the Tigers. I don't know how it's still To Be Determined here at 110, but that's the case. 307, Sean Armstrong makes a start, I'm guessing, as an opener against Ryu for the Blue Jays. That's the Rays against the Jays at 307 at the Rogers Center. Uh, to Be Determined for the Phillies, Jose Quintana, the lefty for the Mets, 410 in Queens. That is actually going to be a double header today. Phillies and Mets go again. The time is To Be Determined, and the pitchers are To Be Determined today for the Phillies God, and the Mets. Double duty for TBD. Lots of TBD. JT Chargoy, I believe I pronounced that correctly, faces off against Quinn Priester at 635. Marlins and the Pirates again. The Marlins, as Paul mentioned, one game out of a playoff spot. Michael Waka, Mike Clevenger, Padres, White Sox, 7-10 at guaranteed right field in Chicago. Clark Schmidt goes for the Yankees. They got destroyed last night. Steven Cruz goes for the Royals, 7-10 at Kauffman Stadium. Carlos Rodon gave up, what, eight? runs or six runs or something crazy in the, in the first inning without yeah. getting it out so fun to watch Cubs and money Bre well spent there Yankees <laughs> Cubs start Jordan Wicks Aaron Lau Eric Lauer goes for the Brewers 7-10 in Milwaukee Eric Lauer and Jordan Wicks both lefties on the hill today Cutter Crawford Kyle Gibson Red Sox and your Baltimore Orioles 7-15 here in Baltimore a game that thankfully does not really matter for the Orioles Connor Phillips Drew Rom the former Oriole prospect Reds and Cardinals 715 at Bush Stadium Andrew Heaney the lefty goes for the Rangers Luis Castillo the great righty goes for the Mariners 715 in Seattle Jonah Doan makes another start for the Nats I believe 
I, I don't know. Jonah Doan. To, to be completely fair. Jonah Doan. I, I don't, he belongs in Baltimore. I don't know if that's the way you say it, but I'm just going to keep saying it. I, I love it. Jonah Doan. Jonah Doan. Spencer Strider is looking for his 20th win of the season. Goes for the Braves. Wow. 720 at Truist Park in Atlanta. Justin Verlander goes for the Astros once again. Merrill Kelly, who's having a really good quiet season for the playoff bound D-backs. 810 at Chase Field. Emilio Pagan goes for the Twins. and to Emilio! Be de- to be determined, makes his 12th start of the day for the Rockies. 8-10 Coors Field. Clayton Kershaw goes for the Dodgers. Tristan Beck goes for the Giants. 9-0-5 at Oracle Park. The Giants now Gabe Kaplerless. Athletics and Angels, final game of the night, 9-0-7. Joe Boyle against to be determined. Joe Boyle only making his second start of the year. That's what we got on tap. On tap around uh, around league around the league. Clayton Kershaw, um, by the way, two point four ERA. He's this awesome. Year. Like he just he's never going to be bad. So Spencer Strider three eight one ERA, but he's going for twenty wins. Yes. Um, I believe not that I care about wins. Like, I I don't care. But yeah, but twenty wins. It's a milestone. Twenty wins is still a big deal. Because you have to give your chance, your team an opportunity to win the games. And, and now, I think look, this will be the first of his, uh, his whole career where he's. Well, been, I mean, he's only been in the league for like three years. That's true. It's been true. Yeah. So actually, I think he was a rookie last year. No, I think you're right. But last year he also won like 17 games or something crazy. So Spencer Strider, he's going to win 20 games potentially. 274 strikeouts, I believe, leads the majors. He, um, let's see his innings pitched. Hmm, he's not that. He's wow. He, one hundred and eighty-one and two-thirds innings pitch. The, the what's his name? Um, Blake Snell is going to win the the Cy Young, but yeah. Strider is going to get votes. That three eight one ERA is the one thing that's hurting him. But twenty wins, two hundred seventy-four strikeouts, one hundred eighty, close to one hundred ninety innings pitch. He's crazy good. He's he, crazy he's, good. He's crazy good. Um, and, he's tw- and he's twenty-four. That's the even yeah. more unbelievable thing about Spencer Strider. He's been in the league for. Two years, as you said. He only won 11 games last year. I thought it was more. The ERA at 2.67 as a rookie. Almost won Rookie of the Year. The guy's incredible. More than a run higher this year, though, uh, with the ERA. That's true. But I, um, I think that's just a bigger sample. Size Logan talking. Webb, 216 innings pitched. He's 11-13 and 13 with a 3.25 ERA. He's having a hell of a season. Nobody's talking about him because the Giants aren't in the playoffs. Well, and even compared to Spencer Strider, 5.7 B-War for Logan Webb and only 3.3 for Spencer Strider. So that's a really good context, too. Like, you see this all the time where guys on worse teams just don't get the recognition they should. Like, Shohei Otani this year will not, even though he's still the greatest player on the planet, probably the greatest player to live, will not get the recognition he should because he's an angel and didn't go anywhere. That's just... Yeah. And he's hurt. He's... He, what? Imagine... He, imagine gets, he gets so much recognition. Imagine... That, imagine when, he's, he's, when he's healthy and he's active and playing, he is... All anybody talks about. What do you mean he's not going to get the Imagine he was a Brave, though. Imagine he was a Yankee. He would I, get. I, he I, would get. If he, he if he was a Yankee, yeah. If he was a Brave, people oh, he'd would get pe- so much more. People would talk about him, but he would be. But it, it more, could, but more. It, he's never going to be just a face in the crowd. No, but he of would be not. more a face in the crowd on the Braves because that team is so stacked from top to but bottom. It, it's easy to forget about every angel. Mike Trout is. I mean, one of the greatest players of all time. Top ten, probably greatest player of all time. It's easy to forget that Mike Trout missed a lot of the season and didn't mm-hmm. do Mike Trout things this year because he's been hurt. And I don't know. The Angels they kind of fall to the background for me because they're never really that relevant. Yes, if he, but if Shohei Otani. But Shohei Otani does not. Shohei Otani gets Fair. so much freaking recognition. 
recognition. He's basically missed the last month of the season, and he's still going to win MVP. He's probably going to be a, a a Dodger, most likely. And again, you, I mean, then you're going to get publicity like you've never seen for a he player. He already gets it. He already, I, I like, guess. Uh, to say he doesn't get the recognition, that's so absurd to me because he, I, I'm not saying that to like come down on you. No, I, 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 I don't mean that like in a negative sense, but like everybody talks about him at nauseum. Yeah, I, I mean, all year, I guess, every year. I just, it, it makes me think about, again, if he were on a team God, in, a, in a huge market. Well, I guess Angels are a huge market, if but you, a, a consistently successful when, team. When Shohei Otani um, is healthy and playing every day and batting every day and pitching every fifth day or every sixth day, if you turn on MLB Central and Greg Amzinger is on there, he's essentially rubbing his nipples talking about Shohei Otani. <laughs> it is wow. ridiculous how much. Otani and Acuna, Greg Gamzinger can't help himself. He he's he's like got feathers and tassels on, and he's just going nuts over these two guys. It's all anybody talks about. Acuna, by the way, just stole his seventieth base of the season, uh, no. which is just it's stupid. We got to move. We got to move. Okay. Um, we want to talk about the playoff picture here, um, just so that people are up to date because there's a lot still unsettled here uh, across Major League Baseball that's going to get settled here. In potentially the next 48 hours, because there's a scenario where the Marlins and Mets will have to finish a suspended game in the ninth inning on oh, Monday. I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Um, all right. So in the American League, here's what we know. Baltimore has clinched the East, the AL's top seed, and a first-round bye. Minnesota has clinched the AL Central, the three-seed, and so they will host the six-seed for the wild-card series. Tampa Bay has clinched the postseason and the top wild-card seed, so they will host the five-seed for the wild card series. Toronto needs just one more win or one Seattle loss to clinch a postseason berth. Here's where it gets tricky. Texas currently leads the AL West by one game over Houston. Texas will clinch a playoff berth with a victory on Saturday or Sunday. Seattle will clinch a playoff berth with a sweep of Texas and one Houston loss to Arizona. Wow. Houston will clinch a playoff berth with a win Saturday or Sunday, but if they and Texas finish with the same record, Houston will win the division by virtue of winning the season series. However, if all three teams, Seattle, Houston, and Texas, finish with 89 wins, which is a very real possibility, Mm -hmm. Seattle would win the West based on combined winning percentage against Texas and Houston because Texas holds a tiebreaker over Seattle, Seattle holds a tiebreaker over Houston, and Houston holds a tiebreaker over Texas. So the head-to-head season series tiebreaker, out of out from de- for deciding the winner um, of the West if all three teams have 89 wins at the end of the season. Um, and uh, so again, because Seattle has the highest winning percentage against Texas and Houston compared to Texas against Houston and Seattle and Houston against Texas and Seattle, Seattle would win the division. And then one of the other two teams would win the wild card. Wow. Okay. Right. Um, the AL West winner will clinch the two seed and the other first round by seeds four and five are still up for grabs between Toronto, Houston, Texas, and Seattle. It is a lot. Yeah. Well, I, I will tell you this. I'd love for Houston to be out of this. I'd it, love for that. That is probably it, the least it's, likely it's, scenario. It's unlikely. And they'd ha- so the way it is right now, I'm looking at the playoff picture as it is today, which is not how it's going to end up on Sunday, I guess it would be. Yeah. Um, Houston would face off against the Twins. Yeah. That, that Whatever. To me, foregone conclusion that Houston Although goes think, to face Texas. I think the Twins went like 4-2 and two against Houston this year. 
Um, Interesting. Well, I mean, again, an 85-win team against, what, a 93-win team is Houston, no, something like no, that? No, Houston's got 88 wins. Oh, that's it? Oh, I thought it was yeah, a lot the, more. The, okay. Texas leads the division hmm. by one with 89 wins. Wow, right I thought now. it was a lot more than no, that. That's no. unbelievable. Um, yeah, Texas fell off a cliff there for I a thought, while. Th- I, for whatever reason, I thought Texas was like 94-95. I thought no. they, they... Well, because they, they were, at one point... They were really trying, good. They, they had the second best record in baseball, and then they made all these trades at the deadline, and then lost like fifty games in a row. It was yeah. stupid. Yeah. Um, now, as convoluted as that is, let's get to the National League. All right. In the National League, here's what we know: Atlanta has clinched the East, the NL's top seed, and home field advantage through the World Series should they get there. Uh, and obviously, the first round bye. The Dodgers have clinched the West. The two seed in the National League and the other first round bye. Milwaukee has clinched the three seed and will host the six seed for the wild card series. Philly has clinched the four seed and will host the five seed in the wild card series. Arizona, whose magic number is one, will, clo- will clinch a postseason berth with a win on Saturday or Sunday. Miami will clinch a playoff berth with a win on Saturday or Sunday. If Arizona and Miami each win one more game apiece, the Cubs and the Reds are eliminated. For the Reds to get into the postseason, scenario A, and I copy, I copy pasted this. Um, scenario A: the Reds win all three games over the Cardinals, and to get in, the Marlins would need to lose three of their remaining four games, including the postponed game that will be played Monday, and the Cubs need to lose one game against the Brewers. Or the Diamondbacks lose all three of their weekend games against the Houston Astros, who are still fighting for playoff position as well. The Reds hold a tiebreaker over the Diamondbacks, and the Cubs lose one game, or the Marlins lose all four games. So again, just to make it more succinct, the Reds need to sweep the Cardinals, the Marlins would have to lose three of four games, including their postponed game on Monday, and the Cubs would need to lose one game against the Brewers, or the Diamondbacks lose all three against Houston, and the Cubs lose one game, or the Marlins lose all four games. That's scenario A for the Reds to get in. A long shot. Wow. Scenario B. The Reds win two of their games over the Cardinals, and the Marlins would lose all four games, and the Cubs would lose two or three against the Brewers. A long shot, but less of a long shot than the Cubs. For the Cubs to get in, they need to win two. Marlins lose three, and Reds lose one or three. Or the Cubs win one, Marlins lose four, and Reds lose two. If Miami and Arizona win today or tomorrow, Cubs and Reds are eliminated. Wow. It's crazy because that's, again, kind of a foregone conclusion. like, Like a month ago... Arizona was like under 500 and yeah. then, and then they got hot. Miami's been up and down, up and down, up and down and the Cubs, good god. We were so pissed at the Orioles for how poorly they played those first two games against Tampa Bay after losing the last two games against the Cardinals and then what they did in um in Cleveland uh those first two games. Yeah. We were so upset about that. Dude, the Cubs have lost four straight games. Five days ago, they were the two seed. They were the number two wild card seed, and now they're on the outside looking in, and they need a miracle to get in because they've lost four straight games. Now it yeah. sucks. It sucks that they had to play the Braves in a three game series, and the Braves. You would think they had nothing to play for because they had already clinched the number one seed the first round by, but they were still playing for the number one overall seed in all of baseball to have home field events through the World Series. So they still had something to play for, and they swept the Cubs. The Cubs had an opportunity yeah. to win all three of those games. One of those games that they lost was because a guy pulled a Ryan McKenna and dropped a fly ball for the third out. That's true. In the outfield. Um, so all a lot of convolution here, if that's a word. Um, it's a word. But what it comes down to, 
if Arizona and Miami win in the National League, they are in. The Cubs and Reds are out. If the um, Blue Jays win today or tomorrow, they're the number two wild card seed. And then essentially what happens... Actually, they aren't guaranteed the number two wild card seed, but they are guaranteed a wild card seed. And then it's it's a crapshoot, really. But, but, but the most likely scenario is Texas and Houston with Seattle on the outside looking. And Seattle has to sweep Texas for this to happen. Uh, it's Yeah, it's an unreal scenario. Yeah. Thoughts? Well, <laughs> this is why I was it's up a, till 2 a.m. <laughs> it, it's a lot to digest, so I, I'm not going to act like I remember everything you said. But just by looking at the playoff picture, I would rather, if I'm looking at this from an Orioles perspective, I would rather face the Twins than anyone else, obviously, but I find that unlikely. The fact that the Twins would make it through, if, if again, if it's like it is today, if the playoff picture ends up like that, the fact that Twins would make it through the Astros and then the Rangers to make it to the Orioles and the ALCS, I find that extremely unlikely. Like, yeah. highly unlikely. So the Orioles right now are going to play either, again, if it is like it is today, Tampa Bay or Toronto. Yep. If I'm an Orioles fan, I'm rooting for Toronto all the way because the Orioles haven't played Tampa Bay as well. They won the season series against both, but I would like to see them play the team I feel much more confident in playing, which is Toronto. I just don't think they're as good. Regardless of injuries... And Tampa Bay's had a lot of them, we know. I would much rather see the Orioles face off against Toronto. Well, the, the Orioles um, went 10-3 against Toronto. And with the exception of, like, one outing, they had Kevin Gossman's number this year. Right. Um, they, they played well against Kikuchi. They, they did well against Bassett. Yep. Um, oh, they did really well against Bassett. Yeah. Except, yeah. I think there was one Bassett start they got off to a slow start against them, but otherwise, they, they played really well. And I think Bassett. Barrios pitched really well against them. And you're probably you're probably looking at... Barrios threw like six or seven no-hit innings, yeah. I believe. So you're, you're probably looking at Gossman, Barrios, and Bassett in those first three games. Or you. Yeah. Um, I don't think Rio would... would, he's, not, would he's not as good as he was, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think he'd get a start over Bassett. Um, and he's certainly not getting a start over over Gossman or Barrios. So it was a three three ERA this year. Like he's yeah, but he's year, he's but... made like eight starts. Right, only three and three in the year. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so yeah, but all all that mess uh, will be decided in the next couple of days, maybe as early as today. Yeah. Um, and the whole mess was brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. So go check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Moving on to Orioles banter. Um, We're going to talk about our top three O's MVP. um, And then predict... We're going to have to do this quickly, but predicting a postseason roster. Um, First, um, I'll go first just because it's... In my mind right now, uh, top three O's MVP for me, Gunnar Henderson is number one. Yeah. He's third in the American League in war. Um, he could win a gold glove as a utility, even though he plays every day. Um, as a rookie, what is he batting? 258 with like a 334 on base percentage, 28 home runs, close to 80 RBIs, 10 stolen bases, almost 10 triples, 28 doubles. It's all off the top of my head. Um, Gunnar Henderson has had a phenomenal season, and he's been that guy. Who's just been, he's been that big game performer offensively. When the Orioles needed to come out in a big way, he was at the forefront of it. He was the guy leading the charge. So for me, he's number one. Um, number two is Felix Bautista. Uh, best reliever, best closer in the game. He's a big reason why the Orioles won 100 games this year. Sure. He was absolutely dominant all season long. As good as he was last year, he was that much better this year. Getting hurt, the Orioles still won like 
two thirds of their games without him. Yeah. But there were times when the bullpen was just defeated. They really needed re- him, and they really needed him down the stretch. There, they still clinched the division. They still won a hundred games, clinched number one seed. But Felix Bautista for me is number two. And then I go back and forth on this. I'd love to put Bradish in there because he's been so good all season long. I mean, 18 quality starts. He's been a 2.86 ERA, about 100 and what 170 innings pitched this year. But he pitches every fifth or sixth day. Adley Rutschman for me. This team has not been swept since he got here. They have the fourth best record in all of baseball since May of last year because of Adley Rutschman. He's not as flashy as Gunner. He's not he, his 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 personality is polarizing in like the best kind of way because he's just like a good old boy. He's just he's just yeah. like. He's just a fun guy, right? You know what I mean, uh, and just like a nice guy. Um, and he, he's a, a, to me, he's a quiet leader of this team. Yes. Whereas uh, Gunnar Henderson is flashy, he's athletic, he's uber talented, and he's fiery. Adley Rutschman is just that guy. He's like he's like um, he's almost like a Nick Marque because he just shows up and does his job. Although yeah. I think he has, I think he has. It's hard for me to hard for me to say this because Nick Marquez, I believe, had fun on the baseball field. But Ali Rutschman, like you, you, he looks like he's having fun. No doubt. Whereas Nick Marquez no was just super serious all the time. Sure. Um, and I'm not gonna pretend to know either one of them. You know what I mean? But Adley, for me, um, sure. Without him, this team isn't isn't the AL East uh, division champions. He's a huge, okay. huge part of this for you. Uh, Gunner number one, obviously. I, I you said it all. What what else can I say? I mean, the third. You know, 28 home runs on base percentage of 326, uh, which I'd like for that to be a little higher next year. But the guy tore the cover off the ball all year. Um, He started off slow, got hot, carried the team the whole year. Nothing else you can say about Gunner. He plays hard. He's just great at everything he does, and mm-hmm. it's he's number one. He's the Orioles MVP. He's gonna win. He's gonna win. He's gonna get actual MVP votes this year, yeah. and he's going to win an American League MVP at some point. In his and career. he probably will win a Rookie of the Year, which will uh, secure the Orioles a second first round pick, which is They'll have three fantastic. picks in the top thirty three next year. Yeah, uh, competitive balance round being the other yeah. one. Um, my number two. This was tough, but Kyle Bradish is my number two. Mm-hmm. Kyle Bradish. There's no way the Orioles are in the place they are without most oh, of these guys. But Kyle Bradish has a 4.8 B war. He has an ERA of 2.86. He's won 12 games. The guy is he's been unstoppable for the second half of the season and it just nobody's been able to, to, to put him out of his place. The guy's been unreal and and a leader in the starting rotation and he's only gotten better. He's he's really only gotten better throughout the entire season. So Kyle Bradish number 2 for me. Number 3 was tough, but I'm going to go Felix Bautista. Rutschman just doesn't make it. He's my, he would be my fourth. My mm. fifth honorable mention would be Ryan O'Hearn. I think Ryan O'Hearn meant so much to this team. He Hit, did. Hitting 300 this year. But just to say about Ryan O'Hearn, too, Ryan O'Hearn played a fantastic first base. Just a model first base for me. Um, he's so long and lanky that he's able to get to so many balls that, that other guys at first base can't. He's just a big dude. But Ryan O'Hearn was incredible all year. I disagree defensively. Really, I I, I, lo- I thought he was I, great. I think he was fine, but I, I I don't think he was a better defensive first baseman than Mountcastle was this year. I thought I Mount, think he is. I, I thought Mountcastle was better. Um, Fair I, enough. You know, but that is whatever. He he. I mean, Ryan O'Hearn was a huge part of this team. He, he's this year's yeah. Steve Pierce. He he just is absolutely, and and hopefully he sticks around for a number of years to come. But to finish my thoughts on Felix Bautista because he is my number three. 
what again, what else can you say about the guy? He throws an incredible splitter, 100-mile-an-hour fastball. He led the team, and, and every time they needed him, for the most part, he was out there and making uh, the best of a save. And the guy mm. was just reliable all year. He was a, a, a rock. In, you know, Even though they call Yanner Cano the rock, he was the rock of the bullpen, truly, because he came in and he got it done when you expect them to. So that's really important. They're going to miss him in the playoffs if he's not there, and they said they're running out of time, so I'm not entirely sure that's going to be a thing. It's probably not going to be a thing. And we'll talk about that in a second. I guess with the the roster, but Felix Bautista number three. Yeah, and and I believe he only blew one save of more than one run all year. Uh, I think so. And a number of those saves that he blew, they won the game anyway. And then one of them in the All Star game. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, Uh, but that doesn't count. Yeah, Grand Slam in the All Star game. Um, but no, it was a three run homer. Was it? Yeah, the Grand Slam was Kyle Tucker, uh, for the Astros. Um. But yeah, now let's move on to predicting the postseason roster. We got to go really quick with this because we got John Mioli coming up from the Baltimore Banner at eleven forty. We got to, um, we don't got to catch, a, mm, we got to catch a break. Yeah, we definitely got to catch a break. We got we got to catch a break before that. Um, postseason roster for me, obviously, it's gonna. I think you're gonna have Mountcastle and O'Hearn uh, for first base slash DH. I think it's gonna be Frazier and Westberg um, at second base. Gunner for shortstop. Um, Jorge Mateo, I think um, he's gonna make it. I think so. He's gonna be there. Um, because of his defense and his speed, so that's six. Obviously, it's going to be Mullins, Hayes, Santander in the outfield. Probably Kerstad. Um, I would think Kerstad's on there. You think Kerstad? Well, oh, actually, I, no, Hicks. Hicks is going to make it over Aaron, Aaron Hicks is going to make it. Then you're going to have, um, uh, what's his name? Um, James McCann. There you go. <laughs> um, so that's that's 11. you got two more position players. Um, who am I leaving out? Ramon Arias hasn't been mentioned. I don't know if I would put him on the on the. I think he's going to make it. He'll I, probably will. Yeah, he probably will. I think he's. I think he's going to make the postseason roster, and then it's going to come down to Kerstad or McKenna, right? If there's enough spots for that, is there yeah, enough they, spots they, for they, that? They have one more spot. Okay, so they, yeah, they, you can't have more than thirteen pitchers. It, it's going to be Kerstad then, because McKenna's not up right now. And yeah. If they wanted him on the roster, I think he'd be up right now. I, it's going to be Kerstad. Yeah, Kerstad, and they were just talking about how he has free. Uh, they just talked last night about his freakish power. You can't have Mateo and McKenna on the same playoff roster. Unfortunately, I, you, I think you're right. You need one speed guy. And Mateo is going to be your speed guy, who's not going to start much in the playoffs. He's just going to come yeah. off the bench, and he's going to be like the Jared the, Dyson, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's your position players right there. It, you're, it's going to be Bradish, Grayson, and John Means um, for the rotation, and I think Kyle Gibson gets that other rotation spot if they need a fourth starter. Um, so that's four pitchers right there. Obviously, it's going to be DL Hall, Tyler Wells, um, uh, Jacob Webb probably makes it. Jacob Webb, D- Danny Coulomb. Uh, CNL Perez, Yenier Cano, um, and then I mean, who, I, who, who I, else? I, you, you I think probably... you got to leave off Jack Flaherty. Yeah, I, I think you got to leave him off. Uh, did you mention John Means? I don't think you I mentioned. did. I mentioned him oh, as a did. third okay. starter. Okay. Um, Dean Kramer, I think, is in. The, oh right. Right, right. Do you right. bring up Cole Irvin to pitch out of the bullpen? No, I'd much rather have Fujinami there. Personally. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know that you can trust Fujinami on the roster. I um, I can't trust Cole Irvin on the roster either. Oh, <laughs> um, so that you have one more pitcher. I feel like we're leaving somebody out. Who are we leaving out? Um, Ballman possibly, maybe Ballman. Both has been pitching well down there. Jorge Lopez is still on the roster, so he can't make the postseason. Oh, that's correct. You're, so, I mean, you are correct. Um, I'm looking through and I'm trying to think of any. It's probably going to be Ballman. I wouldn't hate it if it was both. Both, both yeah, especially well at AAA. It could, I mean, Brian Baker, it's not going to be Brian it Baker. It can't be. It, it can't, can't be. It can't be Brian it Baker. It absolutely can't be. Um, 
probably even though he's put together a three six ERA this year somehow. Brian Baker, like because he was really good to start the year, then he just fell apart, and he he allows a lot of inherited runners to score. I I would prefer it to be Bowman, and he gives you length too. You get the you get the three or four innings out of Bowman, man. I just would rather have him start a clean inning. I don't want him coming. I agree with that. I I don't want him coming in with guys on base. Uh, We got to catch a break. I want to remind you, today's show brought to you by Breastbox's Glenn Clark Radio, which is a definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. You can watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen to pressboxonline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. If you're not finding a way to listen to Glenn Clark Radio, you just don't want to, and I don't know why, it's awesome. I listen to Glenn Clark Radio at least once or twice a week when I have the opportunity to. Um, And Plus, you never know who might pop up on GCR. This week, the guys called up with Orioles legends Bobby Gritch, Ken Singleton, and Al Bumbry, among others, to share their memories of Brooks Robinson. Plus, CBS's Ian Eagle and Charles Davis. You can find those interviews and this week's Tyus Bowser show with special guest Michael Pierce in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in Review feature at PressBoxOnline.com. When we come back in from the Baltimore banner, John Mioli joins us. That's next on the Bataround. The Baltimore County Police Department is now hiring with competitive salaries, including for experienced police officers, starting salaries between over $68,000 and over $82,000 based on your prior service time, accepting up to seven years of service times with only six weeks in the academy, minimum of two years prior experience. And police cadet starting salaries at over $32,000 must be between the ages of 18 and 20, but you can apply starting at 17 and a half. Must have a high school diploma or GD equivalent at the time of the hire, U.S. citizen at the time of the hire, and a valid driver's license. So if you have a passion for service and want a career for life, now is the time to join the Baltimore County Police Department. Call 410-887-5542 or visit joinbaltimorecountypd.com. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code PRESSBOX23. So bet with the best and use promo code PRESSBOX23 this football season with Superbook. Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland. And DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to EasyPass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com. We'll keep you moving. 
The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit MarylandFiveStar.us for tickets. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food? Check. Quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show a partnership of press box and great ace memorabilia the next tyus bowser show is tuesday october 3rd at guilford hall brewery in station north it's brought to you by superbook sports and don't forget if you or a loved one has a gambling problem visit helpmygamblingproblem.org welcome back into the bat around rolling right along here on a glorious Yet gloomy Saturday as the Orioles have clinched the AL's top seed and the American League East with 100 wins, clinching those prizes on Thursday with a 2-0 victory over the Red Sox. I want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by the latest edition of Press Box, which is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is he ready to take the Ravens to the next level with the new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers, two of which are hurt right now? Also, inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson respectively, and we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Joining us now from the Baltimore Banner, he is John Mioli. John, thanks for taking some time for us. How are you, man? I'm well. What's going on? Not too much, man. Been a while, but I'm glad that we were finally able to get you back on the show. And perfect timing. You're coming on right after the Orioles clinched the top seed in the American League East, uh, in the American League and the American League East Division crown, therefore getting that first round by. Before we get into that, John, and we're going to get into a lot of that today. Um, Brooks Robinson passed away, kind of uh, putting a cloud over what has otherwise been a phenomenal uh, storybook season for the Orioles. I'm sure as an Orioles beat writer in the past, you and Brooks crossed paths a few times. Uh, What can you say about Brooks Robinson, the man, and what he meant to this city and this franchise? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, never had the chance to meet him. But, you know, just hearing about all the, you know, hearing everyone's Brooks Robinson stories and seeing them shared, you can't. You can't like take in the volume and the and the scope of those and, and and not be awed at the impact that he had on this town and the city and this area. I mean, there's 
there's not a lot of athletes who resonate with the fan base that honestly, like they ingratiated themselves with and became a part of, he is a part of the Baltimore community. Everyone has Brooks Robinson stories because he was here and he was available and he was willing to give people his time. You know, I, I think about it in the context of being a sports writer and like everything's about access. You know, when do we have clubhouse access to the players? When is access to the managers or the coaches? Like, Brooks Robinson's whole life was access. He gave the city of Baltimore access to, you know, 60 some years of his life. And he never said no. And he always made people feel special and important. And that's a, that's a rare trait these days. I don't think you're going to see, I don't think you're going to see that kind of presence ever again. Yeah. Uh, we, we've been talking all day about how great he was as a player and how much even better he was as a human being than he was as a Hall of Fame baseball player. How ingrained he was in this uh, in this franchise and in this community and how nobody's ever had a negative word to say about him. And not many people, myself included, can go through life without somebody saying something bad about them. And I think it really speaks to his character that um, – that people felt that way about Brooks Robinson. Certainly a loss, not just for the city of Baltimore and the Baltimore Orioles, but for baseball and the, the country as a whole. Um, now, the Orioles, despite that, they went out that night and fittingly won a game one to nothing on a Gunnar Henderson uh, solo home run to lead off the game for the Orioles. And fitting because Brooks Robinson holds a major league record with uh, 10 times having the sole, the sole RBI in a one to nothing victory. So Gunnar Henderson goes out and does the same. The Orioles clinched the division on Thursday, John, with a 2 nothing win over the Red Sox. And you wrote an article for the Baltimore Banner about how the Orioles really and truly earned this victory. I mean, two weeks into the season, Tampa Bay's 13-0, and the Orioles find themselves six back in the division, and they've won 93 games since that point. And it's just a testament to how resilient this team has been, how steady and consistent this team has been. Uh, how remarkable is it that this team just two years ago lost 110 games, now they've won 100, and they're the top seed in the American League? It's crazy to think about, you know, I remember back to this time two years ago as they're wrapping up that season, you know, they were just struggling to survive. They were just trying to get by. And, um, you know, that came down to pitching more often than not, you know, they always had, you know, big leaguers in the lineup. They didn't always have big league defenders, but they had big league hitters most of the time in the lineup and they couldn't pitch. Um, you know, Brandon Hyde said that it's not something, you know, that's not my assessment. That's just the reality of the situation. And for, you know, it started that off season. They made a lot of shrewd waiver claims and, and they remade the bullpen, you know, on the fly. And over the last two years, the starting rotation has also improved significantly. And, and that's the reason, you know, obviously I didn't have the restaurant Gunnar Henderson and, and you have a, a hundred win baseball team. Um, and I don't think that, I don't think there's a lot of, you know, baseball luck involved. You know, this is a really good team. Yeah. They, they maybe won some games they shouldn't have, like, but they win close games for a reason. They play the game really well, and they and they believe in, you know, they have all those intangibles, and, and that's how you win 100 games. Yeah, and they've done it recently with the starting pitching. Getting that by in the, in the first round is huge for this team because now they can line up their rotation and their bullpen any way they want. What it's looking like, John, is that the Orioles are going to line up their rotation with Bradish and Grayson likely in games one and two next weekend. After what John Means has done his last two starts, is he the cemented as the third starter in the uh, division series for this team? I think that his freshness is probably going to be the – the separator there, um, you know, 
having been built up and being able to pitch as deep into games as he can, um, I think it would be strange to envision a world where like John Means is coming in into the fifth inning to get like five outs of, of game one or two. Um, mm-hmm. I think there are other pitchers who might um, be rotation candidates who are more equipped than that. So I think it's a combination of John Means's, you know, success since his return and the fact that, you know, it could be super, super valuable to have someone that you know can go, you know, give you a good six in game three. Um, as kind of com, com excuse me, combining factors to uh to maybe give him the edge, but you know Dean Kramer's been awesome all year. I know he has some starts where, you know, he he doesn't have it, but when he has it, he's going to get you deep into the game as well. So I think that I think that you know there's a lot of good candidates, and John Means might have the edge if they go to a game four in the wild card uh, wild card in the in the division series. They're going to need a fourth starter. Is it is it uh, Kyle Gibson or is it Dean Kramer at this point? Um, you know, the way I kind of, it, you know, I have this game out in my head is that like, you're probably going to have a reason to go to Dean Kramer earlier than game four. Um, and I'm not sure that's the case with Kyle Gibson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Kyle Gibson, you know, he, he can get you six outs on 13 pitches if you want to, but I don't know when the spot for that is in those first three games out of the bullpen. Um, so, so I feel like, you know, I feel like Dean Kramer deserves to start a playoff game. He's been really good all year. I just, I'm just not sure there's a there's an avenue to, you know, getting through three games and not needing him first. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it's probably easier to envision Kyle Gibson being, you know, unused after three playoff games and saying, okay, you know, maybe this is your spot. Well, with that with that bullpen, we know that there's probably going to be there's a potential to be as many as five relief pitchers who have starting experience, and you're talking about Tyler Wells, D.L. Hall, uh, either uh, Dean Kramer or Kyle Gibson, maybe Jack Flaherty, maybe Cole Irvin. Uh, the bullpen looks like it's going to be a strength for this team, but no stronger than if they had Felix Bautista. Um, we we Brendan Hines said time is running out for Felix Bautista. He's been pitching uh, live bullpens. Is there a chance that we see him today or tomorrow uh, in these last two games that really don't mean anything for either team so that they can see whether or not they can use him on a postseason roster? Do you, and do you anticipate Felix Bautista pitching for this team in October? Um, I don't. Um, personally, you know, I was there for his live VP, um, whatever day that was, Tuesday or Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, started, you know, it's not like I had a radar gun out. But, it, it, you know... It, it seemed like he was, you know, I couldn't tell you percentage of what effort he was going at, but I do think it was interesting that I haven't seen him, you know, on the days I've been there out playing catch with the rest of the relievers like he had been earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, the Orioles are being a little close to the best on what's happening. Uh, I understand that, but the reality is, is he has an injured elbow ligament, and I'm not sure, I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure the value of, of running him out there. Even He's not going to be the Felix Batista that, saved however many games he did so i'm I'm curious as the value of bringing him back so i don't think they're going to yeah if if he's not felix bautista there's really no point and maybe if 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 rest and rehabilitation can make his arm get his arm back to full strength for next season rather than having to potentially have surgery maybe that is the best course of action for the orioles and their bullpen moving forward we're with john mioli from the baltimore banner here just another minute or two with john um now we're talking a little bit about the rotation and we don't want to put the cart before the horse here that we want to get through the postseason first but moving into the offseason the orioles have the potential john to have a really really good 
starting rotation just with internal candidates next year. We're pretty sure we're not going to see Jack Flaherty and Kyle Gibson in an Orioles uniform after this season. You're looking at a rotation next year that could line up as Kyle Bradish, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, John Means, Dean Kramer, and, and Tyler Wells. But do you anticipate the Orioles maybe keeping Wells in a bullpen role, role or maybe trading a Dean Kramer and going out and getting a top-line top starting pitcher for this rotation to go into next season and make another strong run? Um, I honestly don't. Um, I think this is a situation where, you know, and, and I've kind of you know, read about this here and there, but not, you know, not recently, that, you know, it's, it's probably time to check our priors on the whole, like, this team needs pitching thing. Like, you're not going to go out and get a starter that's, pitched better recently than, you know, Kyle Bradish or second half Grayson Rodriguez. Those guys, you know, have ERAs that start with twos in the second half. You know, Dean Kramer was was on track to be in that range. Um, you know, I think between John Means and, and Tyler Wells and D.L. Hall, you know, Nicole Irvin's under control for a while. You have a lot of those candidates. Um, and I don't think the Orioles will, even though they're going to have, you know, a lot of trade capital in terms of the prospect base they've built up, you know, the price for one of those pitchers who would maybe be like a nominal upgrade over a, a Kyle Bradish that we've seen is going to be really high, and they weren't interested in paying that when they didn't know that they had all these guys. So now that they do know and have that impression, I'm, I, I hesitate to think they're going to do that. You know, we went into this offseason thinking they were going to make big moves um, and use the prospect base they have to add pitching. They didn't. They have been proven right on that. It doesn't mean it's going to be right this offseason, but nothing's happened to make them kind of challenge their, their priors on that and, and rethink how they're going to build this team. So it's crazy to think that we're in this position, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but, but, but we are. Yeah. Yeah. It, this team, uh, they won a hundred games without having to get that top starting pitcher. Grayson Rodriguez and, and Kyle Bryce have looked every bit of part the part of an ace for this rotation. And then John means coming back and doing what he's done has been nothing short of miraculous. So I think the Orioles rotation is in a good spot moving forward. They're going to need a number of candidates for that rotation. I think we'll see some fringe signings, um, but I agree with you, John. I don't, I don't know that we should expect uh, a top starting pitcher to be added to this team in the offseason. And before we let you go, uh, Orioles-wise, um, we're, we were struggling to kind of figure out the Orioles bench for the playoffs. John, do you think it's that, that uh, Heston Kerstad is going to be part of this postseason roster? You know, I haven't broken it down to, you know, I haven't done like the granular look. I think that his power is, is an asset. Um, I think it's going to be really meaningful to have that coming off the bench. Mm-hmm. I think that the only reason that you would you would carry him though is if you know you're playing a team with a lot of righties. Um, you know, if, if there's a team with lefties in the rotation, um, you're probably not going to use him and that might put someone like Ryan O'Hearn on the bench to be the first bat off the bench in that spot. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's challenging. I mean, I think that, I think that there will be a playoff series, you know, if the Orioles play two, he might be on the roster for one of them, but I think it's going to be very, very matchup dependent because, you know, one of those spots is going to go to Jorge Mateo, you know, one of those spots is going to go to James McCann. And then it's what is the overall value and versatility of whoever else is going to be on there, you know, and Aaron Hicks is playing all over the outfield. He's probably going to be, you know, he's probably going to be there too. And then do you want someone who you might trust in a corner outfield spot, but mostly as a DH or somebody who can play in three infield spots if the game, you know, if the game dictates that. Right. Assume the Orioles would go towards the versatility, but you know, quality is good too. Yeah, no, I, I hear you on that front. Uh, before we let you go, John, what do you got coming up for the Baltimore banner? Oh, gosh, got some interesting stories, I hope. Um, 
I'm doing some digging on, uh, gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> uh, I, I, there's a there's a pitcher in the bullpen who uh, I think is going to be an absolute difference maker. Um, who's not Tyler Wells. I think there's another one and I'm going to write about that. Hopefully do some playoff preview stuff. Uh, you know, some, I don't really know. I'm doing a lot. It's, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to give too much away, no, I understand. but, uh, it's going to be, I, 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 I recommend the Baltimore banners Orioles coverage to everybody. I think the city's so fortunate to have between the sun and the banner. Um, you know, a lot of young and talented baseball writers, not myself, you know, the actual beat writers, but, um, <laughs> I think the sun and the banner are doing a great job and, and the banner especially. And I think everyone should, should be, uh, should be locking in as this playoff start. Well, as as much as I appreciated your your newsletter, John, I'm glad to see you back uh, back um, more mainstream here and and doing the the Baltimore Banner thing. Glad to see you back around the team, and uh, really looking forward to your coverage as the Orioles make a magical, hopefully a magical playoff run. Really appreciate you. I know you're busy uh, being a dad on Saturday, so thank you so much for taking the time with us today. And hopefully, we'll talk to you again down the line real soon. Okay. All right. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, man. All right. See you. And that was uh, that was John Mioli from the Baltimore Banner joining us on the program today. It's been a while since we talked to John. Glad yeah. to have him back on the uh, back on the program. I want to say last time we didn't last time we had him, he wasn't working for the Banner yet. Am I correct in that? It's no, been a he, while. he he was uh, he was, I think he was still at the Sun, and I think we had him on when he when he uh, came out and said that he was going to be leaving the Sun and doing his newsletter. Right, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, to be honest with you, I I subscribed to his newsletter, but it goes. To to my old email address. I'm not sure uh, if he still does the newsletter. No, I don't, I don't think he does. I think it's just been the since you went to the banner. But yeah, and I, and, I, and I hope he didn't take that as a slight, saying as as much as I appreciate your newsletter to have you back in the mainstream of things. John Mioli, it was one of the Orioles' best beat writers. It was like it was like the trio was Rock, Dan Connolly, and yeah. and John Mioli. So yeah. to have him back. Um, writing for the Baltimore Banner, and they, the Baltimore Banner is fantastic. Yeah, they, well, they, they really are. When I worked for the Ironbirds in 2018, I used to be out by the clubhouse during, like, before work. We we would all like there was picnic tables out there. We'd all sit out by the clubhouse, and John Mioli would be out there almost every day, in, or mm-hmm. at least a couple times a week, interviewing players and doing stuff like that. He's always grinding, always doing his thing. The so first time I met him in person was at an Ironbirds game. Oh yeah, yeah, he, he, um, he was out there all the time, at least yeah. back then. Yeah. So I did play golf with him once, and that was that nice. was cool. He's a good golfer, good good golfer. Yeah, he's like so. an eleven handicap. I think it's been in his uh, Twitter bio for a long time. Oh really? So, yeah. Yeah. He's he he's <laughs> he has a, his um, X bio. Sorry, his X bio. His um, and I'm sure he doesn't have a problem with me saying this. His swing, uh, at least off the tee box, is um, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's um. God, I don't want to say abnormal. Abnormal is not 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 the word. It's unorthodox. Unorthodox. His, yeah. His, his swing is unorthodox, but but man, he's he's just steady. I mean, there, there's so many golfers like that. Mo, mo, yeah. I saw Dwayne Wade. Uh, go watch the video if you haven't seen it. Dwayne Wade made a hole in one, uh, some golf course. I don't know. It looked like Florida, but he has the worst swing I've ever seen in my life. Really? Like, worse than Charles Barkley? No. No. I have to look this not up worse than Charles Barkley, but it's really bad. Very bad, and you made a hole in one. So that just goes to show you that golf is a crazy sport. 
Crazy sport. Well, Dwayne Wade's hole in one and John Mealy's appearance on the bat around today is brought <laughs> to you by the Green Turtle Canton Crossing, which is celebrating a grand opening tomorrow. Ravens Super Bowl champion Cadre Ismail will be there from 1 to 2 p.m. showing off his ring and taking pictures with fans as the Ravens take on the Cleveland Browns. Plus, great specials and watch the games all day long at the new Green Turtle at Canton Crossing. When we come back in, we'll close things out with Take to Rake and our final O's and Ravens thoughts. That's next on the Bataround. Come for a game, stay for everything else. Book an unforgettable fall getaway in Charm City. Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals, mouthwatering eats, and endless entertainment. Treat yourself to a staycation in the heart of downtown or try one of the city's many charming neighborhood hotels. And don't miss out on packages for free parking, breakfast, and more. Plan your stay at baltimore.org hotels. What company has the expertise to make your home healthier by purifying your air and killing all viruses, allergens, and bacteria. A.J. Michaels, heating and air conditioning in Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com. We'll keep you moving. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Ties Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Ties Bowser Show. A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, October 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. And don't forget, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, visit HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. 
Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the higher edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. And now it is me that is struggling to get my headphones on. I went to put them on and realized my hat was sitting on the top of my head. Like I was still laughing at the comment before that. In a, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but um, anyway, weird, anyway. Weird, weird, weird deal with, um, with the headphones for both of us today for some reason. It's been a fun show and it's been a fast show. You know, <laughs> lot, lots to talk about. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been fun. What, what we haven't even talked about... The Orioles on Thursday night, while they were uh, in the process of clinching the American League East, um, announced on the video screen that they had agreed to a 30-year lease agreement with the Maryland Stadium Authority for Camden Yards to keep the Orioles here for the next 30 years and beyond. There's also two different five-year extensions that they can activate after the 30-year period is up. And then we find out yesterday that it's they don't actually have an agreement. They have a memorandum on agreement. Yeah. So it's like it's like when you when you see somebody wearing a diamond ring, you're like, oh, you're engaged. No, we're engaged to be engaged. It's <laughs> it's like that. Right. The Orioles are engaged right. to be engaged to the, to the city of Baltimore for some reason. It's like why would you put that out there if you don't actually have the agreement signed? Yeah. It's you a, just it's, agreed that. You, it's a you, little weird. You've talked out terms and been like. Yeah, that sounds good. But this is so Orioles, though. It, 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 not that's not it's the right so way to put it. It's Angel so Orioles. It's, it's so John Angelos and what he's done in the past few weeks and months for the Orioles is just do odd things that don't make a lot of sense. By the way, my favorite part of this was uh, they showed they showed Wes Moore, the governor, and every time you see Wes Moore, he's like pumping his fist and do it and like smiling. He never stops smiling. That guy. Like I, I was at a, I think like. I've been to three or four sports games already this year. The Westmore shows up at. It's very weird. Like Westmore always shows up at the. Anyway, he was there, I guess, because that's part of the agreement. Uh-huh. But he's pumping his fist and doing his thing. And then we find out that it's not even like an actual agreement yet. It's just a memorandum. It's or a agreement. it's a hypothetical agreement. It's like, an agreement to potentially agree to the agreement. Well, it's not a hy- hypothetical. Is not the word, but it's a tentative agreement. It yeah. hasn't actually been signed yet. It's going to happen, but they made it seem like it was a done deal, and it's not. Yeah. It's like what the yeah. hell. Cool. John, John Angelus, I will say, they showed him on camera again with Westmore. He looked very relieved. Like, he looked like, wow, this has finally happened. But I don't now. It's like, okay, it's going to happen. But it you saw hasn't him being happened. being doused with champagne and beer in the clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Do you think the team actually likes him? 
I don't know, but I can say that there's definitely members of the team who have seen what's happened in the news and seen what, I mean, the Kevin Brown situation for one, there's no way they're not noticing these things. Yeah. There's just no way. I, like, That's what I can say. I, I To me, I looked at that and I'm like, there's always that one guy in a group of friends that you tolerate. You don't really like him, but yeah. you don't hate him. Um, but then when you get like super drunk, you're like, yeah, get in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that's John yeah. Angelos. I yeah. think he's like, yeah, get in here, buddy. You're part of this too. Like, I think that that's right. who he is. You know? I, I don't think there's ever been a better explanation. That's spot on. Yeah. That hits the nail on the head for that because that, that, that is exactly what it felt like to me. Like, oh yeah, you're here too. You're the, yeah. you're, 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 get in here. Like, you on the team. Get in here, let's buddy. A, let's, the, let's appease the owner. Yeah, like, uh, like he's the, the guy that they that they little buddy. Again, you people have to know that players notice things. Mm-hmm. When the Kevin Brown situation went down, they knew that. There's every one of them read the articles. Yeah. Every one of them saw this. I don't know if they read the articles, but I know that they saw. Well, it and they knew what was going. They on. They knew what was going on, yeah. and they knew the root cause of it. So, to me, it, it's unavoidable. If you're the owner of the team to kind of, and I would say for the majority of owners of every team, I would say most players don't want to be friends with them or be even friendly with them at all. I don't mm-hmm. think that's generally the case. Like even though Steve Bashotti is generally regarded as a great owner and everyone loves him, I don't think Lamar Jackson's going out of his way to be best friends with Steve Bashotti. I just don't think that's yeah, going to be the case. I don't for think most so guys. either. Yeah, yeah. Um, until they win a Super Bowl, then I'll start pouring champagne over his head. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's just what it, it was like. Hey, little buddy, get the beer ball out. Of get, get 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 in here. Get in here, you. Let's uh, let, let's cover you in, in alcohol, <laughs> indoctrinate you into our society. And they probably feel the same way about Michael Elias. Like the players have to know what Michael Elias has done, but nobody really wants to be friends with Michael Elias. I don't. I, yeah, I, I I can see that, especially after the comments he made last year, and then heading into this year, and. Um, there was I, I can't remember Astrobol I think the book was was detailing you know how the the GM player relationships work and v- it's very distant from what I understand yeah like it's just it, they're there on a, a on a business for business reasons only like if you want to mm-hmm. talk to a player as a GM you're only coming to him if he's DFA'd he's cut he's traded whatever I imagine it's like me with a CEO at my mortgage company um, I've, yeah. ne- I've never met him he hired me I'm being commissioned to do a job for them, mm-hmm. and he asked about me once a week or two ago, um, and that was about it. You yeah. know, what I, mean? I imagine it's a similar type of relationship. It's a, that sounds exactly right. You yeah. know, and then if if I become like this top producer, I'll go play golf with them sometimes. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I, I imagine it's a similar type of relationship there. Um, moving on, take the rake. Um, take the rake. Brought to you by Pressbox's Project Game Day, which is the place to be. After this and every Ravens game this season, Glenn Clark and Rita Hubbard will react live to every game, offering their truly uncensored opinions about the team's decisions and results in each game. Plus, they'll be joined by some very special guests during the year, and you can chime in live during each show as well. Watch the shows live at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports, and check Glenn Clark Radio or the NFL chick on Twitter for a Zoom link or X for a Zoom link that will allow you to be a part of the show. So join Glenn, Rita, and their special guest Femi Ayambadejo tomorrow after Ravens Browns. Project Game Day is brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Take to rake. Um, you took Aaron Hicks. I took Gunnar Henderson. Um, Can't no- imagine I won. Nobody won. Nobody won. Nobody won. Uh, Aaron Hicks, his slash line, he had one hit for the week. 
slash line 083, but with a 353 on base percentage because he had five walks. Wow. Uh, an 083 slugging percentage, 436 OPS, a 111 batting average on balls in play. Gunnar Henderson, a little bit more successful, I guess, where Hicks went one for 12. Henderson was three for 19. Mm. He had a 158, 238, 316, 554 slash line with a 182 BABIP batting average on balls in play. One home run, one ribeye steak, and two walks. Nobody won because they were both not good this yeah. week. What I will say, though, is I get to pick first this week because Henderson was at least better than Hicks. Yeah, not by much, but at least better that's fair. than Hicks. Um, whereas like, last week, Adley and O'Hearn were equally yep. phenomenal. Yep, right? Definitely. Um, so let's let's talk about this real quick. Because we've got two games left, and the Orioles really aren't trying at this point. I mean, they've got to win two, and the Dodgers have to lose two for the Orioles to have the second-best record in baseball. Um, with that in mind, you're not going to get a representative lineup each of the next two days. The no. Orioles don't play again until next Saturday. I'm going to be out of town next Saturday. We don't know who all the teams are that are in the playoffs right now. We know who, a good bit of them, and we have a night a good estimation of who they're going to be, but we don't really know. So what we're going to do is we're each going to pick an Orioles player, and then we're each going to pick a player from the teams that are currently, that we know are in the playoffs, but don't have a bye. Right? So what we're looking at is um, Tampa Bay, the Phillies, the Twins, the Brewers, and is that it? That's it. I think it, so. It, it's Tampa Bay, Philadelphia, Twins, Brewers, and Orioles as far as because the Orioles have two games left. So the Tamp- the thing here is the playoff teams that we pick, the players, players from the playoff teams, those don't start until the playoffs start, right? So okay. it's take to rake for the next two days for the Orioles, and then for we each pick a player uh, from the teams that we know are in the playoffs that start this coming week. Okay, Make sense to you? believe so okay so for my first for my Orioles pick because I know he's going to play I'm taking Ryan Mountcastle they want it, they want him to get at bats today and tomorrow to be ready for the postseason so I'm taking Ryan Mountcastle who you got for the, the Orioles? other Ryan Ryan O'Hearn Ryan O'Hearn back to the well you think Ryan they're both going to play both days yeah I think so with, okay. with, I think they're going to rest Adley one day. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Why, uh, why I mean, I'm, I'm giving you an opportunity to rescind and pick again because O'Hearn's been scuffling and they may want to give him time off. It's uh, a good point. It's fair. What a guy, Ann. What a, what a guy. Uh, I don't know. I I don't really have confidence in anyone with the, with two games and, you know. The, Heston the, Kerstad, Jordan Westbrook. Sure, you know what? I'll, I'll go with Heston Kerstad. Why not? Throw, Man, we'll I, throw it out I, there for I Heston Kerstad. Gave you your, I gave you an opportunity to well, rescind, I, and I gave I was you your th- pick. I was thinking about Santander, but then Santander might not play He's going to play today. Yeah. I, he probably won't play it's, tomorrow. It's hard right now because we just don't know what the lineups are going to look yeah. like. So. so guys that we know we're going to play, Mountcastle, yeah. Kerstad, I think those are safe picks. So I'm t- you're writing them down? I'm taking uh I'm taking Mountcastle. You're taking Kerstad. It's gonna be your responsibility to figure this stuff out because I'm not going to be here next week. You can call me though for the segment um because I I'm just hanging out with my buddies um out 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 of okay. town so I'll be around um now Twins Phillies Brewers Twins because I'm pretty sure you won the regular season. I'll let you pick first. I'm gonna go. I gotta make sure that the people I'm looking at are 
playing because I do. To be honest, I do not play. I do not pay as much attention to every team as I do with the Orioles. So sure. let me just make sure here, and let me look at some recent numbers. Well, that's not great. We wanted well, to get out of here around noon. Bryce Harper. I'm picking Bryce Harper. That's who I was going to pick. I, mean, right. I was looking at the last five games number four. They were not great. But so you're taking Bryce Harper. I am going to take... Actually, I'm going to let you have Bryce Harper. I'm changing my pick. I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. The Dodgers have a first-round bye, idiot. Oh, right. They can't. I can't pick that. Okay, never mind. Back to back to Bryce Harper being my pick. Hmm. You just all sorts of cheating right now. Mm, yeah. You're taking I was Bryce ske- Harper. I was scheming. Yandy Diaz. Yandy Diaz. I'll I'm going to take Yandy Diaz. All right. Um, today's show has been brought to you by the Tyus Bowser Show, which is back for season three. Tyus and his special guests will join Glenn and Rita all over town throughout the season, giving you the chance to get the inside scoop and rub elbows with your favorite players. The Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia and is brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is this Tuesday, October 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. I am not going to be here for the Orioles' first postseason game and first home postseason game in nine years. I'm not going to be here next Saturday. Um, Really, really need the Orioles to win the division series so that I can be here the following week um, to talk about them being in the ALCS. Um, So go O's. Um, The Baltimore Orioles, guys, (laughs) they are the American League East division champions, the number one seed in the American League East, in the American League, a hundred win season, most wins of my lifetime, most wins in forty three years. Orioles, they're doing it, they're getting the job done. Going to be an exciting postseason. Thank you to Santa Fan Charles for another excellent segment. Thank you to John Mioli, always awesome getting a chance to talk with John. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Without you, we have we don't have a show. And thank you to all of our listeners. Without you, we certainly don't have a show. Big, big. Weekend here with the Ravens playing, the Orioles making the postseason, making it into the, uh, getting the first round by. Going to be an awesome time. Ravens' final thoughts don't have them. They sucked last week. Hopefully, they don't suck tomorrow. Uh, until two weeks from now, for me anyway. See ya.